you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight here. Maybe we'll start with an email, Mark. You've got something that you're very excited about. I am. It's uh, it, it, it starts out, uh, the, 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 the subject line is, I have defeated your arguments. Okay. Which I love. <laughs> so anyway, it's from Eric, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to read it here. It starts out, Dear Nutcases. <laughs> That's you and me. Oh boy! I guess I, I don't know. Maybe it, actually, the way he talks about it, he must be talking about you and Dale because he's talking about this voluntarism thing. So yeah, I'm right. going to read it to you, and then assume that I'm not a nutcase. <laughs> but he sent it to you. He did. I didn't get this email. Okay. Yes, he, he sent it to FTL. Also. Oh, okay. So he sent it to the general address. Yeah, got it. You, you wouldn't get. All right. So I emailed you before, and you got great laughs from my emails, but. I've been listening to you and have found the ultimate flaw in your anarchist argument. Okay. Okay. I'm not an anarchist. Are you an anarchist? No, I'm a voluntarist. Okay. Now, he says, you call it volunteerism, but... No, no. Right. Well, that's probably a spell checker. Maybe. Voluntarism. Yeah, volunteerism would be the idea that you are volunteering for some sort of, you know, community organization, for instance. Uh, voluntarism is a concept that is essentially a description of how human beings should should interact, and that human beings should interact on a voluntary basis or a consensual basis, as a another term you might want to use. You, you could call me also a consensualist if you wanted to. Anyway. Okay, so he says, you call it volunteerism, but we all know it's anarchism. Now, you claim that you believe in something called the non-aggression principle, which says that people won't aggress against anyone. Now, you believe in this one, too. I do. Okay. Uh, but your anarchist fantasy is aggression against people. What? Here's why. All right. <laughs> I Lay it out. I want government to do some things. I want this in my life, and I am not alone. And if you get rid of government, you are aggressing against me and anyone who wants government. I never said that you shouldn't be able to have government. I mean, sure. if you want to hire See, someone to tell you what to do, then you should be able to have that. This, by the way, I think is one of the uh, one of the flaws, is you often will say that you want to get rid of government, because government in its current form it means something to you as opposed to what governance might mean in a world um, where volunteers voluntary interaction. I'd like to replace the, the coercive system with a voluntary system. How about that? So one could choose the sorts of one of government um, that one might have. There would be plenty of uh, people who would love to fill the role of person who tells you what to do. I'm sure it would be no problem hiring someone to uh, to give you instructions as to how to live your life. If I want to live in a, a drug-free society, and so do many others, and you succeed in eliminating government, then you are aggressing against everyone who wants <laughs> a government that fights drug pushers and drug users. Uh, I'd point out here, Eric, that the government we have now doesn't fight drug pushers and drug users. It only fights drug pushers and drug users that use specific drugs. Now, we true. have things called drug stores, yep. where drug yeah, pushers in white coats st- hand there and, you know, they, they work with in the system and hand out pills and things like that. I know that's not those what you're talking drugs. about here, but those drugs kill more people 
than overdoses good. of illegal drugs good, in this though, country. Because they're legal. Right. Okay. Good. The legal drugs kill more people than the illegal drugs do. I'm not counting not about people that are killed what. in turf wars or anything like that by uh, yeah. you know, these sort of illegal drug pushers. But you use these terminologies, Eric, and what you've got to understand is this is what we've got today. Well, you don't also, live in a drug-free society. No, and he's also ignoring the fact that because prohibition exists doesn't do anything to eliminate those drugs. No. It doesn't eliminate the illegal drugs that you'd like to eliminate. You can't even... Point of information. You can't even take drugs out of prisons. What kind of totalitarian regime would you want to live under under in order to have this fantasy of yours that there are no drugs in a certain given area? Yes. I, mean, the, I was in prison for nine years, Eric. I can tell you they couldn't keep drugs out of the prison. They couldn't do if it. You, can't you keep, don't live in a drug-free society. If you can't keep drugs out of – if the government people can't keep drugs out of a prison, how on earth could you believe they could keep it out of an area larger than a prison? If I With walls live, and barbed wire and guards <laughs> and guns. This is the this is the, uh, the, the fantasy world that Republican you know, small government types live in. That okay. they really believe that it can be done. That you can secure the borders. You can stop drugs. With can, enough funding, right? You, you can do it. No, you can't. All right. Just need to increase the size of the Border Patrol and the Drug Enforcement Agency, right. and that'll solve the and problem. And the military, because listen to his next point. If oh, I want to live in a society wait, that wait, is... Wait, 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 wait. Before you go on, just another important point on this drug prohibition thing, this fantasy of his that he thinks that drugs could be eliminated somehow... Don't forget also that the reason that drugs get into prisons is because, well... The guards are bringing them in. Yes. Uh, they're bringing them there because there's a, a great profit to be made. You had told me, Mark, that when you were in there, you were able to uh, to attain the crappiest weed you may have ever experienced at a price that was ten times street value. Now, street value is very inflated because of prohibition in the yes. first place. So you're talking about extra super inflated prices within those prison walls. It's because those guy, those guards are taking a significant risk bringing that in there. Sometimes they get caught at it, but it, no matter how many of them get caught, there's always somebody else who's willing to step up and fill their shoes because the money is just that good. And the more prohibited something is, the more valuable it becomes because the higher the risk is that one has to take in order to do business. There are also sheriffs around this country that make it their business to import drugs in quantity because they're untouchable. They're the sheriff. Who's going to think, who's going to suspect the sheriff of being in the uh, being the biggest drug dealer in a, in a given area? I'm not saying it's every sheriff around the country, but I can tell you that, uh, I, you know, I know it from good authority that uh, people... I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to name names, but that there are sheriffs out there that are involved in this. So it's easy to make an accusation. However, when you find the person that has the most, uh, you know, guys with guns on his team, it might be that that guy takes the opportunity to make a fortune and pass that fortune down to his uh, underlings. All right. Um, so, so you're you're living in a fantasy if you believe you can control drugs. Yeah. So he goes on, if I want to live in a society, this is Eric speaking here, if I want to live in a society that is free from terrorism, and so do many others, and you succeed in eliminating the government, then you are aggressing against everyone who wants a government that fights terrorism at home and abroad. And, I, you know, what I would say to this is, I'm 
I don't want the government fighting terrorism abroad because I believe that the government, in fact, in, ti- in fighting terrorism they abroad, created it. makes us the, the, the target of that terrorism. Yes, I think there are p- Looney Tune nut jobs that believe a, a crazy religion out there and that those people may very well want to come after American citizens. But I would tell you, Eric, it's because we've had American troops on their soil for decades. They want us off so that they can take control of their particular little land mass that with their holy lands and all that other stuff and i can't say that i think that they're too wrong for wanting us off their soil i want us off their soil it sounds like you want troop american troops in everybody's country and that's not what america's about eric well at the same time um if uh, the free marketplace or a voluntary society wouldn't preclude Eric and his violent uh, buddies from going and forming themselves a little you know squad of mercenaries and po- pooling some money together and and buying some ultimate badasses to send over and bo- and bomb some people i mean if that's what you think is a, a good idea then there wouldn't be anything prohibiting you from doing that you just have to get together with other people of like mind. And, and indeed, you could create deliberate uh, zones where certain things were allowed and certain things were disallowed. And to some extent, you'd have success because, you know, I don't want to live in Utah. I, I don't want to go and live around the kind of people. And I know there's good regular people that I would get along with in Utah. But there's a certain tinge to the society there because of the, the influx of uh, of Mormons to that particular state. I don't want to move to Vermont. There are too many socialists there. So similarly, you and your other control freak buddies could go and get together and have uh, your own little town where you, as I say, get a mercenary squad together and go bomb people around the world. If you think that'll be a good idea, then you should just do it. At least then you'll be the one responsible for those killings and not me. See, I'm not interested in supporting that stuff. So just don't force me to. And if you want to go and do it, that's your business. More on the way here with this email. Your calls as well about anything. It's Free Talk Live. If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you're invited to join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give the features for free. And they include the updates. Get signed up, and you will know what you uh, whatever is new about Free Talk Live. We send it to you in your email box at updates.freetalklive.com. And signing up is free, of course. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. All kinds of people are moving here to New Hampshire in order to get active for liberty. That's the one thread that ties them together. There are lots of different people within that, uh, within this movement, and they are a wonderful group. Uh, the people that I've been associating with and, and have had the opportunity to meet have been of just the highest caliber and wonderful folks. Uh, they are so helpful and so community-oriented. And, I mean, the moment you arrive here in New Hampshire, 
with a, a moving truck full of stuff, if you've announced your arrival in advance, you'll have at least a dozen people at your house to help you unload the truck. I mean, it's an incredible group of people that is also getting active in ways I've never seen. Uh, the Liberty Movement is really happening here in New Hampshire, and it's it's kind of setting the pace for the rest of uh, for people around the country. At least that's what we've heard from people who are calling us uh, from around the country, people like Catherine Bleich from uh, the Ladies of Liberty Alliance, saying that uh, people are looking to New Hampshire uh, liberty people around the world and around America are looking to the Free State Project for ideas. And because that's this is where the best activists are coming. A lot of the, the uh, super activists are picking up, they're moving here to New Hampshire, and they're getting active. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it, to get signed up, and get up here. There have only been a few hundred people that have made the move so far. My, uh, Mark and myself, we made the move three years ago, and it's been great so far. So go on over to freestateproject.org, learn more, get on board. Let's continue here, and then we'll take some uh, some of your calls about anything. But we started the show out with an email. I wanted to make sure we had the chance to wrap it up. Yep. Um, so this guy's saying he wants a world in which drugs are prohibited, in which uh, he can go and, and kill people around the world. And well, he's saying that the liberty viewpoint is is anti-him. It's, aggress- it's aggressing against him because he wants what he wants in the world, and he's not getting it. But what he's not making what he's what he's not understanding he's he's he's, is that he has to steal to get what he wants the government that exists today takes money from me in order to perpetrate this war on drugs which i think is wrong and i think is uh, aggressive and i think is uh you know antithetical to the constitution united states of america and um it has to steal money to 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 trot its military all over the world in 131 something i think it's 131 it might be 130 plus nations uh in 700 plus military bases around the world it has to steal all that money from me i don't want to give it to it I do not want my money taken for the, to use for these purposes. Right. So, saying, so therefore, him claiming that it's aggression for me to want to keep my own money is the most bass awkward thing I've ever heard. It's essentially the, the, the it's same. like a robber saying exactly. that I'm aggressing against them for not giving them the money in the till. That's exactly where I was going to go. For shooting them in the knee and saying, "Get out of my store." Yeah. No. It's not. I'm sorry, Eric. This You're doing sick. your very, very best. Now, let me, he goes on. But again, says, the free marketplace doesn't preclude him from having the things he wants. Sure, he can have whatever he can have whatever system he wants, as long as it doesn't steal from me. You can go take military guys, uh, you know, to to go against some enemy if that's what you think is best. If you can convince me that it's a good idea, I may give you some money and then we can, you know, do it you all might. together. If I'm you, not likely to do that. If you can convince me that people need to be stopped from using substances and, and, and owning their own bodies and doing what they want, then maybe you can get some money from me and you can send out a little force of people with guns on their hips to stop people from using drugs. I don't tend to believe that violence solves problems, so it's not very likely, but I, I, you could persuade. You can do. That's what I would like you to do, is to try to persuade people to your viewpoint instead of threatening them with cages and violence. He says, well, you get the point. I've proven that your volunteerism, <laughs> volunteerism anarchism, is aggression, just like the no, anarchist... you've proven you haven't paid attention. Just like the anarchist that killed uh, one president a long time ago. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> well, I knew you wouldn't. That's why I, uh, I, I've i got it pulled up here. I knew it was William McKinley, but I can never say this guy's, uh, the, the assassin's name. Um, William McKinley was uh, killed by a self-proclaimed anarchist named Leon Zlogos. Pardon me. My Eastern European's bad, but that's kind of his name, and the guy was yeah, hung or something like that as a result. So that's the name that anarchists have, and that's one of the reasons why you don't call yourself that. 
Well, it's also because not only the popular connotation of violence that is associated with uh, anarchy or anarchism, but also because the term itself connotates a lack of rules and a lack of order. And I don't believe that a voluntary society would would not have rules. I think there would be rules in the same way that I have rules on my private property and you may have rules on yours. Uh, so you would get to set rules. And it also it's just they're just not the same. Voluntarism is a description of human beings interacting and how they should best interact with one another. Anarchy is just a term for without rulers or without rule. Go ahead. So he says, now that I have destroyed your viewpoint, uh, what are you going to do? If you are moral people, here's what you will do. You will reject your violent volunteerism and support the very best political candidates that are the closest to your views and have a, a real chance of getting elected. Well, he didn't expect us to not agree or whatever. I'm just reading the rest of the email, man. And have a real chance of real? getting elected. He's for real, isn't he? Oh, you, you, you haven't even heard the, the last... Let me finish this right. sentence before you say, is he for real? All right. He says, if you admit I'm right, this means that you'll vote for someone like Sarah Palin, for example. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't think of the four people that were sort of uh, in the race for president and the final thing, I was initially pretty excited about Sarah Palin. But then I found more and more about many of the gov- big government programs that, that really she had going in Alaska. Yeah. I still think that she was probably preferable to the other three people from whom we would have to choose, Joe Biden, Obama, and McCain. And so my hope would have kind of been that McCain would have won and Palin would have taken over. However, I decided that my vote was insignificant in the area of uh, the presidential election. So I decided not to use it, and I traded it to somebody for uh, – I traded it to my wife for her local votes. And Is that illegal? I don't think so. You trading, husband, husband, trading, husbands and wives can do whatever they want. It's against the law. What, whatever. Votes. Come and get me. <laughs> Come and get me. I've admitted it. <laughs> so so uh, that's what I decided to do because it made more sense to vote on a local level. And I was proven right. Sure enough, John McCain didn't lose by one vote in the state of New How about Hampshire. That? Yeah. So it didn't matter whether I voted for John McCain and Sarah Palin or not. Or Mickey Mouse. Yep. <laughs> or whomever. Is he done with this thing? Nope. He says, but you won't. You will do the, do is read this email with your on air with some stupid uh, fake accent and laugh. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> Did he yuck, write yuck? Yuck, yuck, yuck. In there? No, I'm doing no. that. <laughs> okay. Well, you will laugh your way all the way to the communist empire with Barack Obama as your leader. <laughs> Barack Obama is what? not my leader. How long has this guy been listening? I don't he, know. He said he wrote an email before, and we read it before. So yeah, I, look, man, it gets better. I do hope Jeez. that you will have to ch- um, will change your views and realize that I'm right, and I can suggest a way to make this happen. Read the Bible and accept Jesus as your savior, because Jesus loves to kill. Jesus loves Jesus the Republican murder. Party. Hallelujah. How many Arabs would Jesus kill? Oh, my gosh. The reason I keep emailing you All is because right. I realize that I am not disagreeing with you. I am disagreeing with the powers and principalities that are infesting your brains. That's demons. You're controlled by demons. There's more to this? Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless the USA in Christ. From Eric. P.S. Oh. Get saved seriously. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's from the California. SACL CAI toll free line. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Candy. For inspiring ideas for your next celebration, be sure to visit us at celebrationcorner.com. 
You don't have to wait for a holiday to plan a festive meal. Celebrate anytime with a fun menu or creative theme. Invite friends for a roll-your-own sushi dinner, or surprise your family with a birthday cake when it's nobody's birthday. Fun is the name of the game, so make up a special reason of your own. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com/yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. They include live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, oh, and the brand-new Free Talk Live listen lines. It's all there for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what le- readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. It's freedomsphoenix.com. All right, let's go to your phone calls. You can dial in about anything. Scott is on the line in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Uh, Good uh, evening, uh, Ian and Mark. How are you? Scott, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I admire you. I'll tell you why, and I don't mean to suck up, but it's true. You know, the motto of New Hampshire is live free or die. You you epitomize that by uh, your movement. Uh, I don't care what your critics say. You uh, you stick by what you uh, believe in, and that's very rare in America today, where everything is motivated by the profit motive and uh, selfishness. But I'll tell you why I'm calling. We know tomorrow is election day. I'd like and, to point uh, out before, but, 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 America, before you go on, wherever, Scott. Wherever you're listening Scott, tonight, Scott. Before you go on, I just want to point out that I am absolutely motivated by selfishness. I mean, the reason I want, uh, and everyone is, by the way, it's just you can't get away from it. Obviously, you have to be selfish in order to survive to your next day. Uh, But I'm also motivated by selfishness in that I want to see a more free world for myself and everybody else. But I want to live in a more free world, and so it's purely selfishly motivated. Well, uh, anyway, tomorrow is election day. And your listening audience, wherever you, whatever state you're in, I urge you not to vote. Uh, and you may say, well, why are you ignorant? I'm not ignorant to stupid. I stopped voting, gentlemen, a long time ago because the whole system is rotten to the core. It's rigged. People, it doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican. It's rotten. They're just serving their own self-interests. They, 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 they want to feed from the trough like a pig. They want to line their pockets with money. I urge people, if they do want to vote, right in the name of Elmer Fudd. You know, well, I, I generally agree with your sentiments about that. You know, the system is corrupt and that it attracts the uh, the easily corruptible or the already corrupted. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind about those things. But at the same time, uh, up here in New Hampshire and in, in Keene, where we're doing the show from, there's a young man that is running for city council. I know him personally, and I know he's a very principled, liberty-oriented dude. Uh, he's a New Hampshire native, and he is running for council. And that tomorrow's the election, and and I plan on going out to not only vote for 
for him, but hold the sign for the guy. I, I helped uh, too. Dis- distribute some of his flyers, and I know that he's principled, and if he ends up getting corrupted, then, well, that'll certainly say something to me about how powerful that uh, that corruption factor is, presuming he actually wins. But I, but he's the kind of guy who'd be willing to sign a pledge saying that he's only going to vote smaller government every issue every time and for me that's somebody that I can that's somebody I can get behind there aren't too many people like him because the the last time there was an election season and honestly I didn't do it this time around but 2 years ago the last time they had a local election I contacted all of the candidates and I asked them if they would sign the small government pledge and I couldn't find a single one of them with the exception of Julia my girlfriend who was also running at that time but of the regular candidates not a one of them would sign the small government pledge they all had some excuse they all had some reason why they thought that government should get bigger in some areas uh, or they you know they they could they could not see themselves nailing themselves down to a principle like that and so if if there is somebody who's willing to really adhere to principle and to pledge to a principle up front i don't mind getting behind somebody like that how do you feel about it that's the whole point i'm not saying this candidate i'm sure he's very fine but it it doesn't matter what race you're looking at, Massachusetts, Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, all of these candidates are rotten. It doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican, the system is rotten. And I want to ask you a question. Because it's rotten, we need to take the wrecking ball, if you will, to it. We need to rip it down. It's like a house that needs to be condemned. It needs to be ripped down. Well, I agree that the system, well, I don't, first of all, I don't want to rebuild this system. I want to move on to a voluntary society where humans uh, can interact with one another consensually. I think that is the the kind of system, if you even want to call it that. It's not really a system. I think that's the kind of world I would like to, uh, to live in. But how do you just take, I mean, you're, how do you just take a wrecking ball to it? I mean, that's great imagery, but realistically, how do you do that, Scott? This is my ideas. Number one, special interest groups, PACs, must be forbidden by law. Candidates get free time on TV, and the days of needing $20 million, like John Corzine in, in, in New Jersey, these multimillionaires. You ever hear of a guy named Steve Paliuk in Massachusetts? No, but what you're talking about is attempting to... They want to, to buy the election. What makes you think... Yeah. That you can get those ideas in through this corrupted system. What makes you just the first one about? Yeah. Uh, oh, I forget whatever it was, but <laughs> one of one of your ideas. What makes you think that uh, that you can get it through, gentlemen? It's so demoralizing. I don't know if anyone can get it through. The American people have to rebel. Okay, that part I agree with. I, I think that people need to non-cooperate. I think they need to engage in civil disobedience. I think they need to Not say if rebelling no. rebelling means picking up automatic weapons. No, I don't, you know I don't support violence. You know what I've learned violence. from your show in the time that I've listened? Not that I didn't have these ideas before. I will not stand, although my father will, will want to knock my head off, but I will not stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, I've told him at a ball game, I will not stand. He says, you, you know, he clinches his teeth. You better goddamn stand for that. <laughs> you know, and he gets... But I, you know, he was a Korean War veteran. He comes from another. But what I'm saying is, I would do if it was up to me alone. I will not stand for the for the pledge, even if people uh, ridicule me. I will not vote. I will not support a rotten government that fights wars all over the world, where our boys die and come home maimed for the selfish interests of special interests and rotten politicians. First they, what, on Wall Street. What was it they said, uh, Gandhi said, Mark? First they laugh at you, then they 
resist well, you. First they ignore you, then they laugh first at you, they, then, then they uh, fight you, then you win. First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. If they're laughing at you, Scott, or they're uh, they're deriding you for, for standing up for what you believe in, in the, or rather sitting down in the case of the pledge, uh, then that's okay. You know, let them be angry because it's just them frust- being frustrated, you know, f- at themselves for not understanding or not being willing to, uh, to to listen to to what you have to say. There, and I have to say, it's been an unusually pleasant conversation with you tonight, Scott. Thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Right. We learned something. I understand the frustration life. that people have about voting. I get it. Uh, likely, your vote is insignificant. Um, if you live in some state besides New Hampshire, I, I understand not voting. And as a matter of fact, I understand if you decide you don't want to vote in the state of New Hampshire in some of the major metros because it seems like they're going to do what they want. In the smaller towns and cities, I, I think that your vote counts. The smaller towns, basically, I think your vote does count. And that's the reason that I continue to go and get, be in, involved in, in local politics because I think that it matters to some extent. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I would agree with you, Mark. Uh, I I came close. I skirted the idea of not voting. You know that you you've managed yeah. to talk me down from the the ledge a couple of, of times, a, a few times in the past, and it's just. Sometimes it gets so frustrating to me that it's I just... It's frustrating, but uh, like the, there's, there's these cliches that come with voting. Voting is violence against your neighbor. Mm, That's no. not true. Voting's voting. Violence is violence. Um, right. You can, you know, like, I, I, I will agree that you can vote for people that will be violent, but I'm not so sure that even voting for a violent person is, would be considered violence if... Since you have you're sort of in a uh, you know what do they call it a secret ballot or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I, there's no guarantee that the votes are even counted properly. So I don't know that that voting is in fact violence at all. But uh, the idea that voting perpetuates the system, I think that this probably false. This one's obviously um, untrue because if you consider the system what we have now, um, the United States government, the Constitution, or anything like that, I'd say that more people have not voted in the United States than have voted throughout throughout its history, so therefore I could say just as easily that not voting perpetuates the system. It's, and that would be as, you know, as pointless. ludicrous. Uh, because you can also show elections where 0% have turned out and the system has con- continued on, and plus you can also point out that the system will always vote for itself, so the bureaucrats and their families will sure. always come out. Oligarchy. More coming up. You take control. Bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. Listen up for something free from Ruger. From now until the end of the year, buy any new Ruger bolt-action rifle and receive a free Ruger-branded Carhartt jacket, both made in America. For more information, go to Ruger.com slash Carhartt. That's Ruger.com slash C-A-R-H-A-R-T-T. Ruger rifles are known for their rugged reliability, handsome style, unique design features, and represent the best value in rifles. Go to Ruger.com and check out a Ruger rifle today. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. So uh, this weekend, of course, was Halloween, and we did our Free Talk Live Halloween edition of the show. We're talking about the Boulder, Colorado situation where they're cracking down on the naked Halloween pumpkin run, which is just a tragic story. 
But it wasn't the only tragic story out there uh, with a Halloween theme to it. And since yeah, we're still pretty darn close to Halloween, I thought it was worthwhile sharing some of the other stuff we had to talk about what we never got to just because the Saturday night show was incredibly busy with phone calls, as it tends to be. But here's one for you. K, uh, excuse me, WKBW.com reporting, It's no trick. The town of Tonawanda is shutting down a haunted house. And that's no treat for Halloween lovers this October. For 15 years, the Deck family has been scaring neighbors and trick-or-treaters at their annual haunted house. But this year, the boogeyman turned out to be the code enforcement officer. When I came home from work... Nothing scarier than the government. They posted a no-entry sign over my sign that no one's allowed to use it, said homeowner Paul Deck. The town posted an unsafe structure notice, which states that no one is allowed to go inside. They want me to change all my displays to the outside so people could just walk around it, he said. A haunted house outdoors is what the government wanted this guy to do. That makes sense. Deck designed this house of ghouls and ghosts with his three boys. They spent over 40 hours constructing it to be like a maze inside. And how much does this cost? I mean, they don't just have these. These materials are not cheap. No. I mean, a, a good piece of plywood will cost you 30 or $40 just for a piece of 4 by 8 plywood. I can hardly imagine how much money they must have put into this, even if it's uh, you know sort of more scrap, scrappy stuff that they have from a construction site or something. It's still not cheap. I don't have this, the, the numbers here, but I've got some numbers, uh, the actual cost numbers, but I do have some numbers of the, the materials they used. We'll get to that in a moment. But they spent over 40 hours constructing it, and he said it was too late to rebuild the whole thing by the time the town came by with their warning it's approximately 1200 square feet built with over 300 two by fours 400 feet of plastic it's got between 12 and 15 displays it has everything from freddie to jason to hannibal lecter he said sounds pretty elaborate it sounds like a family uh, you know a, a nice way for a family to get together have some fun time together and then to provide something to the community at the same Absolutely. time. Absolutely. It sounds wonderful. And it's been going on for 15 years. So now all of a sudden, 15 years into this, the city decides to you know, have a problem with it or the town of Tonawanda. You know, um, when you go looking for Christmas lights, you remember the houses from last year and you're always quick to go back to those houses. Ooh, yeah. Ah, so you can go see them again. Sure. You know, they, they build a certain reputation in the community. And I can only imagine the reputation these people have after 15 years of putting on a haunted house. Every year, they probably step it up a little more and they give a little more to their community and they, they work a little harder. I can only imagine. Dex neighbors are disappointed. This haunted house is something they look forward to every Halloween. I think it's a shame. The kids are really disappointed. Every year he does a great thing for the kids. They love to come. They love it. Come tw- come in twice sometimes if they can, said a local neighbor. Obviously, somebody complained and they came and shut it down, said another neighbor. Some kids even posted these signs thanking the Deck family and asking them to fight uh, for Excuse me, asking them to fight for Fright Night. Paul Deck says he'll try to make it happen. I'm working for them. Trust me, I'm not a quitter. I'm not going to give up, and I want to see all of your faces on Halloween here, he said. Deck says code enforcement's biggest problem with the haunted house is the hanging plastic because it's flammable. So he's going to take that down and see if he can get the town's permission to at least open up for Halloween night. Normally he, please, you know, please, please, just let Once me. you do this, though, I, you know, once this kind of thing happens, they've gotten their little fingers in there, and they will never stop. 
next year it'll be harder and more arduous to get it done and more arduous and they're gonna just get in there and and make it make life a living hell that's my experience uh in dealing with towns and what it is they they do normally he opens his haunted house up for free every night for two weeks up through the holiday this free. year free yeah. this year not gonna be happening if he was lucky, he got it on Halloween night. I'll see if I can find a follow-up to the story, but just so sad. And it wasn't the only one either. It wasn't the only story uh, in the news about some city bureaucrat coming along to a, a long-time house, a haunted house in a neighborhood, and basically demanding that they shut it down or, or else. I mean, can you imagine what would happen? And this comes back to the discussion of people doing disobedience and non-cooperation and people saying no to the government. What what would they do to this guy if he just decided to say, go to hell? Oh, I'm opening my doors, and my neighbors that support me are, are invited to come here to this uh, this haunted house. I can't imagine. I, it's it's difficult to say. They could send a bunch of cops over there and... Uh, and stand know. on the outside and guard the place or yeah, something like that? absolutely. Wouldn't that be just sick? I mean, can you, can you imagine that happening? That would be I mean, if if you're well, in a situation. Here's what they're going like to do: is they're going to lie to the cops. They're going to say to the police officers, "This place is unsafe. Mm-hmm. Children are going to be hurt. Of course, you must keep this these children safe by keeping them out of this house. This man is mad. He has already shown a propensity for uh, you know being a scofflaw. That's what they're going to try to say. Yeah, but you are dealing with a town. I mean, it's, it's a, town a town rather than a and so the it's, city. It's likely that the cops probably are familiar with this house if they've been working there for a little while. And there's a good chance that some of the cops' kids have gone to the house before. You're right. So it would be an interesting situation to see what would happen. If somebody who is liberty-oriented, somebody who is willing to say no to these government bureaucrats, were to actually just go ahead and open the haunted house anyway, tear down the government signs, and just let people come in. You're right. I'd like to see it, too. At the very least, look, they've already told you you can't do it, right? They've already said, yep, can't do this. You have to change this and this and this and this and this, and then maybe we'll let you. And don't forget the permit fee. Uh, you know, no, they, there's got to be a fee. Right. They've already laid it all out, what their demands are. And he's pretty much at this point, he's bowing down. He's doing what most people do is they go along to get along and, okay, I'll do what you say. But if he were to just say, well, let's just open this up anyway and pull the video cameras out. Go ahead. Hang out front the entire time most with the video camera. Most people don't consider the video camera option. No, I mean, most people don't consider the non-cooperation option in the first place. But it changes the entire situation when when one person is willing to say no you find people who are willing to back you up you'd find that all of a sudden the neighbors that are just at this point speaking in support of you may actually be willing to stand up in support of you they may actually be willing to i'm not saying they all would but maybe some of them would actually be willing to come out to the haunted house despite the the looming specter of the government overhanging the entire I affair. I don't think that they have anything to worry about by going through the haunted house. I think only the uh, haunted house builder and the guy on whose property it is, that's the only person who has anything to worry about. Really? I mean, there's a no-entry sign that they posted saying no one's allowed to use it. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the, the law is, but I'm just... I just wish people would have a, a little bit more courage when uh, when dealing with stuff like this. How about the snowman guy? Somebody mentioned this the other day. Remember the story last year, Mark, about the guy in Alaska who builds this monstrosity of a snowman? Snowzilla is uh, is what it was called, if mm-hmm. I'm recalling correctly. Sounds right. 
And so he was ordered to take it down. And, and why no, was excuse that? Excuse me, the cops bashed it down, if, if I'm recalling correctly. The cops came in and, and destroyed Snowzilla. And someone put it back up in the middle of the night. Of course, he's not admitting that it was him, but at least that's a step in the right direction. I agree. Somebody who is basically thumbing their nose at the state and saying, to hell with you, I'm going to do this. It's my property. It's my snow. I'm going to build. This is my haunted house. I'm going to open this. What are you going to do about it? I mean, could they could they put a lien on your house for opening a haunted house there? I suspect they could. I guess they can do whatever they want, right? I mean, if they put a fine if they give you a fine, then they, you know, they they're the town. I suspect they could put a lien on your house. I I don't know, but it wouldn't it, you know, it, it I don't it know about that either. Like it would be great. I I know that up here in New Hampshire when somebody gets uh busted for a violation or misdemeanor, if they hit you with a fine, then you can go to jail for that. So that would be preferable than having them steal your home, right? Maybe going to jail for a weekend as opposed to having them put a lien on your house. Wouldn't you rather do that? I mean, as far as some, as far as the public is concerned and and public relations, look, they put think, me in jail because of my 15 year old haunted house that I've been doing every single year. Well, I think that um, I think that I would prefer to give them a hundred dollars than go to jail for two days. However, I also think that if I do that, that the next They'll year come back with the two hundred dollars, right, the fine will be higher. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what the fine is going to be, and likely it would be a hundred dollars a day or something like that. Yeah, that's typically how they do it. So, they're re- you're really looking at probably two weeks in jail, uh, maybe a month in jail for this, rather than you know a couple of days. But that I think would galvanize people behind you even more. I mean, you've already got the support of your neighbors. Now the government people want to put you in a jail. People so. are behind Kurt. He's still in jail. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL. slack from being beaten up. SACL CAI toll-free line. There was another candlelight vigil for Kurt last night, actually. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. And we give you the features for free. So enjoy those. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give ours away at freetalklive.com. Dot com. You know, we might get to some more Halloween leftovers here in a, in a moment, but I want to change gears to William Norman Grigg. And it's been a little while since we've shared one of his stories. Uh, he's such a great reporter when it comes to covering the police state and the rise of the militarization of the what used to be called peace officers in this country. 
Did you know that? Law enforcement officers, as they are called today, were formerly called peace officers. And sometimes you'll still find them calling themselves that, but that's not what they do. They don't keep the peace anymore, except sure. for occasions, the occasional opportunity. The military still calls tanks the cavalry, but... Um, and they're still called the Department of Defense. Cavalry? Cavalry, as well. cavalry yes. So, I mean, you know, they, they use some old terminology that... It's just not accurate anymore. Right. So they've just been getting more and more militaristic over time. And William Norman Grigg at LouRockwell.com is one of the, uh, I think, the premier reporters on the, the, the rise of the police state. He starts off by saying a thin blanket of early evening darkness had draped itself across Alex Locklear's home in Maxton, North Carolina, when the armed intruders arrived. Brandishing firearms, the invaders forced several people including wheelchair-bound Nicholas Locklear and a pregnant woman, to the ground, and then barged in through the rear door, threatening to blow the brains out of anyone who put up a struggle. One woman was so terrified that she fled, tripped over an unseen obstruction, and broke her arm. Gosh. The arrival of an unmarked police car with its blue running lights flashing must have provided the victims of the home invasion with a moment's relief. But that relief would have quickly turned to a different flavor of alarm, when the victims realized that their assailants were the police, as you might have already guessed. Under the pretext of a drug search, the five-man robbery crew ransacked the Locklear home in search of large amounts of cash that could be forfeited, that is, stolen, as alleged drug proceeds. The robbers had to be content with the $200 they found in Alex Locklear's bedroom, which is all they could put their hands on before piling into the police car and pulling away with such reckless haste that the vehicle actually shed one of its front hubcaps. Locklear, who returned shortly after the robbery, reported the crime to the Robeson County Sheriff's Office, giving descriptions of the assailants and their vehicle. Not surprisingly, the sheriff didn't follow up on that lead, because the robbery had been spearheaded by Robeson County Deputy Sheriff Vincent Sinclair, a member of the the department's Drug Enforcement Unit. In fact, we had an experience today where uh, the sheriffs were essentially assaulting members of the press in the the local courthouse, doing it all on video camera. And when the local police were called, they refused over and over again when pressed, even when pressed and and reasoned with and pleaded with, uh, they refused to even send an officer over to investigate. They, They just totally protect one another. Uh, So the March 14, 2004 robbery most likely came about because the sheriff's department discovered that Locklear had cashed a large check to pay workers on his 400-acre farm before heading for a motorcycle rally in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And that assault differed only in detail from similar outrages taking place every single day in the purported land of the free. The chances are pretty good that as you read these words, paramilitary attacks, commonly described as no-knock raids, are either being planned or executed somewhere in the United States. Typically carried out by the military units called SWAT or tactical teams, those raids are generally triggered by a tip from a confidential informant, a paid snitch, and subsidized with federal funds, often through the Justice Department's Burn Grant program. Ironically, those on the receiving end of such authorized assaults are often treated even worse than the victims of the raid on the Locklear home. When property is damaged or innocent people are injured or killed in the course of an authorized home invasion, police can generally expect to be held completely blameless, since any action they perceive as a potential threat supposedly justifies the use of deadly force. We've read story after story of how people have gotten hurt, but also 
dogs, family dogs have that been seems slaughtered. To be the, the first thing that, uh, that, that the SWAT teams do is when they come into a house is they shoot the dog. And I, I can kind of understand their, their, their reasoning behind it. Look. These are police officers. They're the most important people. These are the people we have to protect here. The people that we're breaking in on are bad people. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the warrant in the first place. Bad people make for bad dogs. Bad dogs attack people. Shoot the dog. I understand their thought process in this. However, it happens time and again that they bust into some innocent person's house and shoot their golden retriever. Witness the case of 22-year-old Houston resident Pedro Oregon Navarro, who was murdered by police who invaded his family's home in a mistaken no-knock raid. Navarro, who had, his, who had armed himself with a handgun to deal with belligerent intruders that he didn't know were the police, was shot 12 times. So, it's so If you can imagine what it would be like if the SWAT team comes into your home and you've got a handgun ready uh, you know, by your side to handle intruders and you don't know it's a SWAT team. Maybe you've just rolled out of bed. Uh, maybe you aren't sure. Maybe you, you know, you're paranoid. You think there are a, another band of criminals that are claiming to be the SWAT team. You're going to look like Swiss cheese. What's the solution to this? It's easy. Stop doing SWAT raids. SWAT Absolutely. raids should only be used... In the case of where you have some violent offender, hostage, hostage situation. yeah, that has uh, people held hostage. At some point or another, he has to come out if he's in there by himself. Mm-hmm. The reason that they use them is that they want to catch people before they flush drugs down the toilet or whatever it right. is that they're going to do. Plus, it's fun. They like it. They do. They, it's, well, a, it's a rush for them. Sure, it's like being in the military. Only you really don't have to worry about the enemy. Yeah, right. For the most part, yeah. On, on most drug raids, there's not too much to be concerned about. Uh, according to the Harris County District Attorney John B. Holmes Jr., the violent death of Navarro at the hands of the police was not a crime. Because according to him, quote, the law doesn't allow anyone to resist arrest, even an illegal one, meaning an illegal arrest. So you're not allowed to resist, even if they're in the wrong, even if it's clear that they're in the wrong. And that therefore Navarro's murders had a right to use deadly force if he threatened them. <laughs> Can you imagine that this is being said here in the United States? You can't resist an illegal arrest, citizen. Holmes is a prosecutor, so it's not surprising that he lied about the right to resist an illegal arrest, but his assumption that police have the right to kill anyone who resists is almost universally shared within both law enforcement and the justice system. Apparently, Deputy Sinclair and his gang didn't realize the extent of their official impunity. Had they known that they had the right to kill anyone who resisted their illegal invasion, it's likely that someone would have died at the Locklear home. Like many corrupt police in such circumstances, however, the raiders left a relatively light footprint, most likely out of concern that leaving a corpse or two behind would lead to compromising questions. If their paperwork had been in order, they wouldn't have had to display such restraint. The attack on Alex Locklear's home was just one of scores or hundreds of violent crimes committed by police just in Robeson County, North Carolina, over nearly a decade, beginning in 1995. A federal investigation calling itself Operation Tarnished Badge eventually produced the conviction of some 22 police officers. And Sheriff's Department personnel, let's, let's, Mark, can you pull up Robeson County, North Carolina on uh, Wikipedia and get me the population? Just curious. Okay. 22 police officers convicted in this uh, federal investigation, as well as Sheriff's Department personnel, including the former sheriff, Glenn Maynard. Deputies assigned to narcotics duty committed a string of crimes, some of them acts of state-sponsored terrorism, such as firebombing homes of suspected drug dealers, or hiring arsonists to burn down the homes of personal enemies. 
On one occasion, a deputy doused a recalcitrant suspect with lighter fluid and set him on fire. Drug dealers who cooperated were protected from prosecution. One was even given a gun in a police uniform and permitted to take part in a raid. <laughs> Hundreds of you, you can't make this stuff up. Well, now you now it's gotten so uh, ludicrous that what people are doing is they're saying, "Well, this is just a this is just a, a sheriff gone completely rogue." There's nothing. This isn't like where I live. Just a few bad apples. But that's how I would have said. Living in Manatee County, Florida, where the sheriff's the head drug dealer in the county, allegedly. It, it could be certainly. I, I've heard that. I've heard that allegation from multiple sources. I don't know yeah. that it's true. I can tell you, many of those sources were in were in jail. I heard it from somebody that claimed to be a family member. So, and I heard it from other people as well. Anyway, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. There is more to this story. The police state on the rise, and William Norman Grigg has the latest. We'll also uh, bring you whatever you want if you dial in toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You are allowed to take control of the airwaves. The population is one hundred twenty five thousand. Okay, not huge, not huge. That's for the whole county. That's the whole county. Twenty two police officers convicted. Convicted. All right, more coming up here. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Register now for the Republican Liberty Caucus of New Hampshire's Liberty in 2010 reception. Dr. Thomas Woods, the New York Times best-selling author of Meltdown, will be explaining the economic crisis and the role of the Federal Reserve. Successful investment fund manager Larry Lepard will share his perspective on the meltdown, including advice on how to protect your investments. Proceeds will be used to help pro-liberty Republican candidates win their primaries in 2010. Register at nhrliberty.org. That's nhrliberty.org. Talk Live, you can bring up whatever you want. If you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. And we invite you to enjoy them on us. They include archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, they're right there for you. Front page of the website. Click, download. They're yours for free at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, the best equipment money can buy, so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com at SACL CAI. So we are sharing a story with you from LouRockwell.com's William Norman Grigg, one of the preeminent folks out there. That is uh, great at reporting on the, the rise of the police state. I wish I didn't have to read his reports, but it's true that the government police departments all around this country are full of corruption, and the corruption rises through the ranks. It's a story we've been told again and again. This isn't just Ian and Mark sitting here speculating about things. Believe this- me, <laughs> it took a long time to get me on board with this stuff. I, 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 I'm a regular old Republican guy, and I always felt like the cops, you know, cops are there to protect us. They're doing their job. It's a difficult job. Everybody's always second-guessing them, blah, blah, blah. I've, I, I, th- that's where I came from. I've just, it's a preponderance of evidence that has led me to the conclusion that I'm at today. It's me knowing people personally who've been abused and... And also having met police, former police, who have told me in confidence and also also on this air, on these airwaves that the corruption rises through the ranks. It's endemic within the system, and it's 
it's bad, man. It's not a few bad apples. It's a few good apples, it seems. And I think we, we can, you, both you and I can agree that, uh, that we think that the, 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 the law enforcement system would be significantly better if we would just stop perpetrating this war on drugs on our friends, our families, and our neighbors. It'd go a long way, that's for sure. Now, uh, William Norman Gregg at LaRockwell.com is pointing out that the Robeson County, North Carolina Police Department, the Sheriff's Department there, uh, 22 police officers and Sheriff's Department personnel, including the former sheriff, were all busted in a federal investigation called Operation Tarnished Badge. Now, you looked up the population of Robeson County, North Carolina. Turns out it's just over 125, about 125,000 people. Just a little under, actually, in 2000. Now, here in uh, Cheshire County, New Hampshire, there's about 100,000 people that, that live here. And I don't know how many people are in the sheriff's department, but in the county seat in the city of Keene, wherein we do this show, there are probably only 50 people that work in this, the entire city police department. And that includes all of the bureaucrats that are not on-duty police officers. So you're probably only looking at about 50 people. 22 Officers and other bureaucrats is a fairly large percentage of the force. And remember, those are the only ones they could catch. Those are the only ones they I, they busted. Right. That's the preponderance of evidence is against them, as you can imagine. Uh, so the ones that are just on the periphery, hmm, they're not going to get busted. Exactly. So moving on, he says that hundreds of thousands of dollars were stolen from people in under the pretext of drug asset forfeiture. This is in this one county. With much of it skimmed away for personal use without being reported. Because, you know, if you if you pull over a drug dealer and he's got $5,000 in the trunk, you can take 3000 and report two. If you never write down that you took five, then, you know, there's no way to know how much there was. Unless somebody's going to believe the drug dealer when he says, hey, wait a minute, I had $5,000 back Why would there. he say even say it, you know? Well, maybe he would. I mean, he doesn't have anything to lose at that point. Sure, if he's convicted. Right. <laughs> but that's a long way away. Sometimes what they'll do is they'll just take the money and let you go. Then yeah, you've got true. no paperwork. Then there's no paper trail whatsoever. What at would that you point, do? Right. At that point, then the drug dealer will do nothing. At that point, then he's counting his blessings that he didn't go to, the, uh, to a jail cell. For him, I mean, if you're a drug dealer and you can get out of going to jail for $5,000. It's hey, a heck of a lot cheaper than your, than your lawyer. Exactly, just for the retainer. Uh, so anyway, he, so hundreds of thousands of dollars of stuff was stolen from people under the forfeiture laws. A lot of it skimmed away. And District, that's all, hundreds of thousands is all they got caught for. I, yep. I can only imagine. District Attorney Johnson Britt noticed a block of deputies who were living beyond what he assumed to be their means. They bought boats or other expensive recreational vehicles, took cruise ship vacations together, even went in as a group for LASIK eye surgery. If things were running smoothly in the courtroom, all of this might have been acceptable. But Britt was really rankled over having hundreds of drug cases dismissed because of the incompetence and dr- corruption of drug enforcement officers in Robeson County. After all, how could a prosecutor so make a name for himself? So they were playing really, really fast and loose, these guys. Yep. And after all, how could a prosecutor make a name for himself if his drug cases, the bread and butter of his profession, kept being dismissed? Britt contacted the feds, and soon enough the feds discovered the Robeson drug cops were skimming from the profits of the local forfeiture racket. Presumably, if the cops had been faithfully reporting their haul and content with the kickback the feds provided, or even if their corruption had been contained and relatively modest, the feds wouldn't have intervened. As it happens, however, dozens of Robeson cops and deputies were put on trial for stealing federal funds, meaning that cash was seized at gunpoint from people suspected but not convicted of drug-related offenses. What happened in Robeson County in between the years 1995 and 2002, when the operation began, was hardly exceptional. And there are many other jurisdictions in which, thanks to the federal war on drugs, local police and sheriff's departments 
have mutated into robber gangs. For several years, Brian Gilbert, sheriff of Iowa's Dallas County, ran a very lucrative theft ring. Dallas County sits astride a very well-traveled stretch of I-80, the country's major east-west interstate. Gilbert and his deputies preyed heavily on people driving late-model SUVs with out-of-state license plates, particularly drivers who appeared to be of Latino extraction. Stopped for alleged traffic infractions, the drivers would be threatened with prosecution for drug-related offenses, such as money laundering, if they were found to be in possession of significant amounts of cash. The trouble- and by the way, um, I, I think that you're probably, you would probably find that people of sort of Latino descent are more likely to carry cash on them than they are to trust banks. They're in, you know, they, they, just, they just are less likely, I think, uh, from sort of a sociological standpoint, less likely to. The trouble could be avoided if the driver simply surrendered their vehicles and money to the county. By the way, this goes on, and I don't know if he mentions uh, Manatee County, but you'd mentioned Manatee County earlier, Mark, where you grew up down in Florida. And they were doing this just as of a few years ago. We reported on it. Yep. Where they would spot somebody they didn't like, pull them over, and essentially say, well, we've got this here forfeiture form right here. Just happen to have it with us. You just sign this forfeiture form and... Hand over the keys to your car, and we'll let you walk home. And all the money that you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when when they would sign the forfeiture form, it would say, "I so and so do hereby waive all my rights to da da yep. da 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 da." And just and if you sign that at the the roller skating rink, it doesn't really have any uh, legal validity. But if you sign it with the sheriff's department, it's <laughs> yeah. got it carries a heck of a lot more weight. Plus. You're you're likely scared to death to go after it, and lawyers probably won't take your case. Oh, they won't. They're scared. I mean, these are the same people. We talked earlier that one of these groups were firebombing people's homes they didn't like. What lawyer wants to have his house firebombed? A heck of a lot easier to chase ambulances, you know? This little scam netted millions of dollars and might still be in operation today if... It is still in operation in every other, you know, every other county that's doing this. If Sheriff Gilbert, in his case, hadn't gotten a bit too greedy, he was caught taking home several paper sacks filled with money that had been (laughs) stolen during a traffic stop. For this act of felonious grand larceny, Gilbert lost his job and was given a suspended 10-year prison sentence, along with five years probation for stealing sacks full of cash from citizens that entrusted him. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free law. Well, in this case, it was sacks full of cash from a drug dealer. But whatever. More coming up. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation silver round from the Free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $22.30. That's right, $22.30. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, 
freetalklive.com. And those features include things like the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Audiblepodcast.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audio books. And among them are Super Freakonomics, Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol, Michael Conley's Dragons, and many more. Patricia Cromwell, I can see right here. You can get many of the major bestsellers right now for free. Well, you would get one of the many of the major bestsellers right now for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free book. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL is in Free Talk Live. All right, let's uh, let's take a break from the uh, police corruption. There is more to the story, but it's just more about more corrupt police departments. So we'll share that with you in a moment. But let's go to Dan. He's on the line in New Hampshire. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. Dan has music coming out of his phone is what I'm being told. I don't think that's a good sign, so maybe we'll put Dan back on hold then. Uh, all right, so back to the story from William Norman Grigg at LewRockwell.com telling us about, well, the unending amount of police corruption. I mean, there's... There's no shortage of stories that we can tell you about. Uh, it's it's as every week goes by. In fact, the the folks over at the Drug Reform Coordination Network put out a weekly drug reform update where they kind of give you a rundown of all the news from around the world about you know what's going on with uh, essentially changing drug laws. And in there, they do talk about uh, police corruption. And week after week, <laughs> there are at least three to five different stories that they collect that they put in there. And again, these are just the guys that are getting caught. So we talked about, okay, Dan is ready now. Let's take Dan. Dan in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi. Dan, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I told you I'd call you and report how I uh, how the course went. I uh, actually did the uh, five-day gun and gear course. Oh, this is uh, uh, frontsite.com. Frontsite. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? The yeah. free gun. Uh, it, it was... Uh, Pretty amazing. It was uh, really, really, really dense. Uh, be prepared to, uh, uh, I, you know, I think that the best thing to do, they, they'll actually send you out these free uh, reports and, and stuff. That if you, you know, if you do that before you go out there, you'll, you'll be, you know, able to take more on. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, like they say, uh, you know, they, they feed you information like from a fire hose. So, uh, so, so and, the information and, is intense, but there is no militaristic kind of uh, mentality? Well, I mean, you know, they are very adamant about safety, and they're well, not going to fool around when you've got a you know, loaded weapon. Well, no, there's Let's a difference so. between being safe and the, uh, you know, having a drill instructor shouting at you. Here, Megan! Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, like I say, that's that would be the only occasion where they would shout. Okay, if, well, right. If you were doing something if, unsafe, if you were about to shoot your leg right. off, or you know, and and that's right. reasonable. Okay, uh, right. I would but, never want to go to a gun course where they didn't take safety as the number one priority. Right, right. right. <laughs> well, I, the, the reason I just said that was because in that certain situation, they will they will scream at you, and and uh, and they tell others because uh, you actually do some coaching for another person. Uh, they tell you, you know, you say stop. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't, don't mince around when you're, you know, seeing something bad about to happen. Uh, but anyways, other than that, no, they're very gentle. They're very, uh, you know, they, they take their time with you and they, you know, give you a lot of individual, uh, attention. Uh, so and, you, was, you felt it was worth it and you'd recommend it to, um, to, to listeners? Absolutely. 
Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. What what uh, what gun did you pick up? Because at FrontSight.com, part of the part of the package deal is not only do you get training, but you also uh, get a free Springfield XD. I Springfield, Spring, Springfield. That is correct. Armor. Yeah, that's correct. And it's uh, either a nine mil, a forty, or forty-five. And uh, I decided to go for the forty-five. Oh, cool. Yep, uh, different people seem to have different uh, philosophies on the size of the calibers and all that stuff. And I, you know, whenever you speak to one of them, their idea sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the, the way I look at it is that, you know, I'm a, a fairly big guy. I've got big hands, and and whatever the, the the gun, the biggest gun that feels comfortable to you, is is likely to be the most effective at what you need to do it needed to do. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've heard that before. It made sense to me, and I, I, you know, and and uh, you know, I, I, Mark, I sent you a uh, an email that had a link to a uh, uh, David Champion um, radio show where they they actually mentioned me in the yeah. in the radio show about how I did in in a certain competition at I, that. Uh, I saw the email. I have not listened to the show. Oh, all right, all right. Well, I. They have a head-to-head competition where you get to shoot at uh, metal targets. Uh, the first of which is uh, one where there's a, a, like a little flag around a head-torso-shaped uh, target, and this little flag represents the head of a hostage taker or a kidnapper. You know, it's about to do some damage to a hostage that they're keeping in front of them. Right. And 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 that's the first thing that you have to actually hit. And you're and and you're disqualified if you hit the hostage. So I actually, you know, went through and and beat everybody on the range. Uh, oh, that's great. In in that competition. And Congratulations! I, was, uh, I am so glad to hear. Uh, I'm so glad to hear a uh, personal success story from this. It's the first one we've. Uh, someone has first time someone has called in on it. And Everything I've ever heard about Front Sight, and one of the reasons that I, you know, I was excited to have them as a possible advertiser was, uh, you know, they are known nationwide and I guess worldwide. I've had even mm-hmm. somebody from outside the country mention them as one of the premier places that you can go and get uh, handgun training and. It's it's a great deal that they offer that the millionaire patriot Ignatius Piazza offers to you know to to take his courses. Of course, you have to travel out to uh, Pahrump, Nevada, to do it. But uh, you know, hey, there's uh, there's some fun stuff out there in Nevada. It sounds like it'd be a great trip. You can. Well, <laughs> you can. Our casinos right in Pahrump, by the way. Very and, cool. Uh, I, we stayed. We had an RV with us, and we stayed. My son and I, and a and a good uh, a woman friend of mine, uh, uh, we all went together and did this. And we used this RV, and, and there's a place called, um, oh God, Saddle West, and it's a casino. And they have, if you had an RV, it was only twenty dollars a night Damn. for complete hookups and and internet. That's cheap. That's pretty cool, yeah. man. Anything else you yeah. wanted to share about your experience? Well, I do. I, I do want to, one caveat is you need a lot of ammo. No, you do need a lot of ammo. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they'll sell and, it to you. And and they they. You know, I think they're giving a great introductory deal, but they're, you know, they try to make it up in the, you know, in the incidentals. And so if you come with your ammo already. You, you save a little money that way? You, you save quite but a bit of money. It, it, it beats, uh, it beats the movie dollars. theater, you know? I mean, the movie theater won't let you bring your own uh, popcorn and soda pop in. At least, uh, point. At least let front well, side will exactly. do that for you. The one near me actually allows me. They won't like, They hollered at me when I tried to bring beer in, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> Very good. <man. laughs> but anyways, yeah. So so you know, for each you might want up to a thousand rounds, 
And, wow. uh, and I just, I just, on my way back, we actually drove there and back. My way back, I just picked up some at Cabela's, uh, which is, uh, you know, you can do a mail order and get a pretty good deal, but I bought, uh, I bought, uh, 45 rounds for a uh, box of 50 for under $20, which was... Uh, uh, well, I'm pretty, glad to hear, Dan, cheap. that it worked out for you. And even uh, on top of that, you even made it into a family event, and that's pretty cool, too. So it wasn't just you going out alone. You actually had some, some friends uh, going out with you, and that's that's super. Sound like a blast, and thanks for the report. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231, which, of course, uh, we'll, uh, we might as well tell you a little bit about Front Sight. We can do that here in a little bit, but uh, 800-259-9231, com. I guess, what else do we need to tell you, right? Well, <laughs> pretty much told you. If, if, if you act fast, you get a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Go to com for your training and free gun. It's FrontSight.com. Yep, and endorsed by Dan in New Hampshire. 800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. He recommends bringing your own ammo to save a little bit of extra cash. 800-259-9231, and bring some money out to the casino, too. It sounds like it'd be, sounds like it'd be a great little vacation and a learning experience all at the same time. More coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. Corrupt cop stories and more all on the way. Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You're invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And I want to tell you about startpage.com. You can take the startpage.com seven-day challenge, and you'll probably want to keep using it after seven days. But for seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines. And unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at startpage.com. And they make it easy. There's one of those handy little toolbar start page additions there, right there on the front page of Startpage. Just click the add the start page toolbar thing link. That's how I use it. And it makes it easy. Plugs it right there into your browser. All right. Startpage.com. As we continue here, uh, William Norman Grigg over at LewRockwell.com telling us about just the unending police corruption. And uh, there's, there's no point in recapping because it's all it's all so similar. It's just town after town, county after county, corruption just all over the place. Police in Kingsville, Texas have been more disciplined than a, uh, another sheriff he mentioned earlier, Gilbert and his gang in Iowa. Because that tiny town is located along Highway 77, a route often used by suspected drug couriers, police have been able to confiscate millions in putative drug proceeds, with 80% of what they steal going directly into the city's budget. This is why the exceptionally well-paid police in that town of 25,000 people have tricked out high-performance cop cars and all the latest digital toys. It's important to emphasize the fact that the people from whom this money is stolen have not been convicted of crimes or even, in most cases, even formally accused of crimes. All that's required is the presence of a large amount of cash, coupled with an assertion by self-interested law enforcement officers if, uh, that there is a suspected nexus to drug activity of some kind. A recent federal court decision 
entitled, I'm not kidding here, United States of America versus $124,700 in U.S. currency. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they bring a court case against the money. Not the person who had the money in order to prove that they could have, you know, that they have the money illegally or some, something right. like that. They just bring the court case against money. Right. How is the money going to defend itself? Uh, then the court case held that, in effect, traveling with a large amount of currency office offers sufficient probable cause to justify a narcotics-related forfeiture. Once the proper incantations are uttered and the requisite paperwork is filled out in the typical tax feeder's subliterate scrawl, the money itself is found guilty and taken into government custody. I understand. The first time when I saw that, you might be shocked. You might be baffled. You think that we're lying. Right. The first time I saw this, and it wasn't, there have been multiple cases like this. United States versus, you know, $7,000. Or United States versus however much their agents find. You look at that and you think, this this is surreal. Is this really happening? Yeah, it is. Go ahead. Try taking your life savings out of a bank account. And try loading it up into your vehicle, and maybe you're going to move from point A to point B, and you just don't want to, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, you want to take your cash with you. That's what happened to, uh, remember the story that there was an older lady that had just been saving her money, like mm-hmm. stuffing it under her bed or whatever, had a safe at her house. She never really trusted banks. And so she was literally traveling from one point to another with her life savings, and it was stolen from her under the, in the name of the war on drugs. And that woman is now out of her life savings. Yeah, you know, and in the name of stopping people from using drugs, this is what we've got. People being relieved of their cash. Now then, police and prosecutors in Tenaha, Texas. That one should ring a bell. Yes. A town in Shelby County bordering Louisiana have added some innovative wrinkles to the familiar forfeiture racket. A current federal lawsuit describes how Tenaha police have refined to a science the practice of targeting motorists generally racial and ethnic minorities and those in their company, for unjustified traffic stops, during which they are questioned as to whether they have money or valuables, and then subjected to illegal searches. Should money or items of value be found, the motorist and passengers are then placed under arrest for money laundering or drug-related charges, and then given an ultimatum, sign away their property or face prosecution. Right. So what do you do if you're uh, you know, a minority and you're already probably a little scared of dealing with the police, and they say... Do you have any money on you? Well, you're going to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. If you say yes, they're going to take it from you, charge you with money laundering, and tell you that if you sign this piece of paper, you can, uh, you know, you can go your merry way, but you won't have your money. Or you can say no, in which case they throw your car, find the money, and then you sign the piece of paper, and the same thing happens. Yeah, maybe they'll just take your car. That too. Uh, the form you of- might get get away with your car if you uh, just give them the money. This, this form of extortion robbery is particularly effective when the victim's carrying an abnormal but relatively small amount of cash, let's say less than $5,000, that wouldn't be enough to compensate for the hassle and expense of mounting a legal defense. In one of the cases described in the lawsuit, an individual named Danny Green, who works as an investigator for the Shelby County Prosecutor's Office, threatened to kidnap a couple's children if they didn't sign a document surrendering about $6,000 in cash. <laughs> George Bowers, the superannuated mayor of Tenaha, insists that the seizures are justified, not because of a compelling law enforcement need, but because his municipal government needs the money. Oh, well, then why not? Why bother trying to... This is the reason that he gives. Yep. (laughs) His reason isn't that he's doing what's lawful or justified or, or, or best for America or his town or whatever. He's doing it because they need the money. 
to understand the depth of the cynic, excuse me, why bother trying to cultivate a local economy when there are innocent motorists to shake down? To understand the depth of cynical corruption that exists in Shelby County, consider the reaction of District Attorney Linda Russell to the lawsuit. She sought official permission to use fortified funds, excuse me, forfeited funds to defend herself from charges that she had illegally confiscated those same funds. Follow that? Y- yes. If she this, wants stolen money to protect herself from uh, a lawsuit for stealing money. If this kind of thing were taking place only in isolated, one-stoplight speed trap towns like Tenaha, places where the local government is the malodorous residue at the very bottom of the shallow gene pool, it would be disgusting but avoidable. But this kind of outright larceny under the color of law is underway wherever the feds have fomented an official crime spree in the, names of, in the name of the war on drugs. We really shouldn't perceive the war on drugs in, metaphor, in metaphorical, metaphorical terms. It's an actual war, albeit one that targets individual liberties rather than illicit commerce. And thanks to this war, innocent people are frequently terrorized by military assaults on their homes and injured or even killed without legal consequence. It's because of this war that travelers have a fully justified fear of being illegally detained and robbed at gunpoint by people in government-issued costumes. That home front war inspired exceptions to the Posse Comitatus law to permit the hands-on involvement of the military in domestic law enforcement. Even more alarming is the fact that it led directly to the federalization and militarization of law enforcement, which means that the police themselves are, in effect, an army of occupation right now. The state of affairs suggests a vitally important mission for the movement called Oath Keepers, an association of retired and active-duty law enforcement and military personnel who define their allegiance in terms of fidelity to the Constitution rather than loyalty or obedience to political officials. And he goes on in the story to encourage the Oath Keepers to actually stand up and refuse to obey illegal orders, such as, you know, enforcing the war on drugs. How many of the Oath Keepers are actually doing that is another question, but Will Gregg is encouraging them to uh, find the cojones to do more than just, you know, claim that they're going to swear an oath to uphold the Constitution. Because many of them are very, very keen on, for instance, not, a, not enforcing like a gun confiscation, but they have no problem going around confiscating drugs from people. You need to get your principles straight, guys, and start doing the right thing because what's happening out there is it's just absolutely despicable. Today, right here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire, uh, Sam and I, Sam from the Obscure Truth Network and myself and a handful of other activists, were attempting to attend a court trial. Now, Sam had been uh, – we'd been to the, pr- the prior court trial. This one had been put off. It had been, uh, I guess, extended due to a judge having a conflict of interest. So this was a second day. And the first day, Sam was allowed to have his camera in the court. Nobody made any bones about the fact that he brought his camera in, set it up, was very you know, professional about it. Today, all of a sudden, cameras are banned from within the courtroom. Today, the bailiffs kicked Sam out of the courtroom, and then they called, and then when Sam went into the antechamber, if you will, or the airlock, whatever you want to call it, there's, there's an outer pair of doors, and there's an inner pair of doors, and there's a little area in between the two. Well, Sam had been kicked out of the courtroom, so he decided to come into the little airlock area and shoot through the window of the doors. So he wasn't technically in the courtroom. He was in the little entry zone. And they got all pissy about that, and they called the sheriffs up there, and three sheriffs came up first, and then another sheriff came up, and then finally the f- a fifth sheriff uh, came up, and they were doing all kinds of awful things. And I'll be uh, posting the, the video to Free Keen here tonight from my BlackBerry that I was able to record of, of much of this madness, where they were holding the doors shut to the courtroom, so even people that weren't members of the media, just regular folk, could not access the supposedly public courtroom. 
because they didn't want the chance of Sam to like run in with his $25,000 camera that, uh, that he had. Might get broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they were doing all kinds of crazy things, but actually got the cops to admit. One of them claimed he never swore an oath to the Constitution. I don't know if he was just effing around uh, when he said that. But the others, one of the other ones just admitted that it's his job to follow the orders of the man in the robe, not to obey the Constitution. Screw the Constitution. i got a judge to follow. Got it all on video. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. Free t- this is Ian. Have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot? You should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right. You can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time. You and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes. And the Millionaire Patriot is paying his own money to help you get it. This is real. Thousands have already taken advantage of it, and you should too. Don't miss out. Secure a front sight defensive handgun course plus 30-state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's F-R-O-N-T-S-I-G-H-T.com. Go to FrontSight.com for your training and free gun. Again, that's FrontSight.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the show. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll start things out with your phone calls about whatever you want. Gene is on the line in Tennessee. Gene, the Christian anarchist. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. When did you guys change to Fox News at the top of the hour? I didn't notice that until today. Oh, that's uh, only running on our Internet feed. So it's just something the, uh, the, the the network that we're on, Genesis Communications Network, used to provide the USA IRN news. And in a lot of cases, it's it's very stale. Uh, they're recording it off the satellite, and I'm not sure how often they record it, but sometimes it'll be several hours old. Um, so I just yeah, figured sometimes it's like 24 hours old. I noticed. Yeah, I just figured that uh, you know I'd put something in there that's just a little bit Not more fine. fresh. And the reason I chose them is because I looked at all the different major news options out there, and they, theirs was the only one that I could actually get a podcast of that down that was a you know five minute length that I could pl- plug right into that news break. So it was really the only option. So there you go. Um, well, anyway, I was going to talk about. Uh, China again. Uh, this time I've got quite a bit different story to tell about China, and usually when, I, when I'm talking about China, I uh, tell you about the progress they've made and how, uh, how things have changed to where it's quite, um, uh, quite livable there nowadays. But mm-hmm. I've recently read about what China went through in the 40s, 50s, and into the 70s. And I thought that I would uh, touch on that because it's pretty gruesome what happened and uh, what my wife's grandparents and grandparents actually lived through in that country. And uh, so there were things going on in over there that I'm afraid that we're tr- kind of marching into here. The, the control that they had and the amount of uh, scared tactics that they used to keep people in line were 
something you can only imagine in a nightmare, I think, um, the kind of pressure they used to get people to tur- <clears throat> turn on their neighbors and uh, and snitch on each other and the uh, young uh, kids that were raised in the uh, brainwashing to uh, to actually execute people and throw people in prison for their entire lives for things as meager as uh, stashing a bag of rice if you were caught with a bag of rice when, uh, uh, you know, trying to feed your family. You were considered a criminal because you were hoarding. Wow. And uh, these kind of horrors that went on through the uh, up until 70s, really. It was like 71 when... uh, when Mao was uh, removed and Deng Xiaoping took over. And they look upon that. Actually, in China, they do talk about this uh, quite openly as being the, uh, an era that that they need to never repeat because uh, when Deng Xiaoping took over, he kind of opened things up, and that's when Nixon went over and all that stuff. But uh, uh, Well, was... I hope they don't. I hope that they remember the past and don't are not doomed to repeat it as so many seem to be. Well, no, I'm afraid that we're the ones that are likely to repeat that because of the nationalism that is uh, flourishing in this country and mm-hmm. the ability of people to to uh, hold that flag so high that anything that's done under the name of that flag is considered good. And I just see that we're kind of slipping into that same thing. And Absolutely. I, I mean, they, they were uh, the people, the people in Russia have said s- similar things. Uh, you know, former uh, Germans have also said people that have been through these tyrannies in the past. They're looking at the United States and they're pointing it out and they're saying, hey, you guys pay attention. You're just doing the same old crap. And it's you're going down that same road. And it's uh, we've heard it from people that have had that experience on this show and elsewhere. And one of the things that was done under Mao was uh, the government, of course, controlled every minor aspect of everything. So when the people were uh, starving and they didn't have enough food to eat, uh, Mao decided that the correct solution to the problem was for everybody to to farm a certain way. And I can't remember exactly what it was. But it was, of course, the opposite of what really needed to be done, which made the crops worse and made the people so weak that farmers were actually starving to death in their bed too weak to go out and harvest rice that was sitting in the paddies waiting to be harvested people were starving to death next to fields of rice it was that bad wow that's crazy centralized command and control centralized planning you know that's what happens when you've got one man deciding for everybody when that one man makes a mistake People's lives are affected. They're, they're, they're killed. In fact, where I read this was on, uh, uh, on LouRockwell.com. So if people want to read more about it, there's a, a very good article on LouRockwell.com that they can look at that explains well, this far better than I can. So. I think that it's not too late here. I think that if, if people were to get together sooner rather than later, of course, the longer people wait, the, the more likely what you're talking about is going to come to fruition 
Uh, but as, if people can get up here to New Hampshire and, and get together and get active sooner, then I think we can stave this off and, and actually achieve liberty at, you know, in a relatively quick clip. But we have to get people together first. And, and it's, it's, go, it's slow going right now. Only a few hundred people have made the move to New Hampshire so far. I'm sure you know, a couple hundred more will move next year. Maybe more than that. I don't know. I mean, maybe there will be a huge explosion in, in 2010. We've certainly seen increases every year after year, and I, I hope to see more soon. One more thing I'd like to point out is uh, there are a few people in China that miss the Mao uh, period, as horrible as it was. And uh, there's actually my wife has an old uncle who misses the Mao thing. But the reason he misses it is because he's lazy. He doesn't want to work. He hasn't worked his whole life. <laughs> he, he spent you know, whatever money he got, he gambled it away at the uh, Mahjong tables. And so he has nothing, he's broke, and he misses the Mao thing because even though the people were broke, everybody was broke, you know. So it's misery loves company kind of thing, where he wants it back the way it was because he don't like seeing these other Chinese people now prospering under this new system. It's a typical typical welfare kind of mentality. Entitlement mentality. Screw the rich, Um, I I deserve this, da-da-da-da-da. So. Yeah, and it just makes me sick sometimes when I think about this kind of thing, and I, I, I just get scared, quite frankly. That you know, well, there's no point in being scared, late. Gene. There's there's really no point in being scared because what's going to happen is going to happen, and you you either do something about it or you sit there and and you know shiver in fear because well, that's I fear, your. I don't fear for myself so much, but I fear for the people that. I mean, this country is so full of overweight people that are going to, you know, if, if things get tough, some of these people that weigh three, 400 pounds, they're just going to starve in their bed because they're not, you know, the government is not going to be there to save your, save your hide. So uh, people that aren't able to uh, take care of themselves are simply going to die. There's not going to be anything for them. Thanks, Gene, and for the I, call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. It's easy to look at the economic factors out there, to look at the police state, to look at the you know the growth of the government and the, the debt and all of this just stuff that you can look at and say, oh, my gosh, this is awful. How do we deal with this? It's it's frightening. It's scary. Yeah. Um, it is. You just, you just can't let it get you down. You, you can't let it defeat you. Because that's not going to help. If if you believe that all these things are going to come about, it you didn't prepare used to yourself. bother me as I mean, it used to bother me more than it does now. And I think that the reason that it doesn't bother me now is because I am around liberty oriented people pretty much all day, every day. When I leave my home, and, and you know, I, I would agree that I would say that my wife is pretty much a liberty oriented person. She wants to, the government by and large out of her life too. And, uh, you know, but when I when I come to town, the people I talk to are Free State Project members or, uh, you know, sympathizers that live here. And you run into them on the streets. Yeah, you you really do. The, the, the town is lousy with Free State Project members here in, in Keene, New Hampshire. They're just everywhere. So, uh, you know, you, you don't lousy? have to. Lousy? Is that another word for filled with? Or yes. Like you, don't, you don't have to live wh- where you are isolated and, you know, in, in sort of desperate straits. You don't have to. It's up to you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Yesterday, I filled my whole day with activism stuff on Sunday. It was amazing. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. 
If you're paying more than $14.95 per month for DSL, you are paying way too much. It's time to make the switch to DSL Extreme, the nation's number one internet service provider. DSL Extreme is fast. And at $14.95 per month, it's cheaper than dial-up. Plus, you get free spam protection, a free modem, and 24-hour-a-day free local tech support with no setup fees. Some restrictions apply. Call 1-866-2-GET-NET. That's 1-866-2-GET-NET. Or go to DSLExtreme.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include the chat room. It's open 24 hours a day. Best time is during the show, of course, chat.freetalklive.com. That is chat.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you some really great prices on gold and silver i think now is a good time uh, to have some gold and silver in your repertoire I, matter of fact i'm not really putting money into any other kind of investments besides my ira that's not in uh, gold and silver so that's that's where i'm growing my investments right now you and i put together a few choices because i know it's not easy to look to, to just look at all the the myriad of apples and oranges out there in the numismatic markets and decide what's What's right and what's wrong. So I made some great choices. They're great prices offered by Midas Resources. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. Not only do you get some great prices, uh, and but you, know, you can support Free Talk Live in the process. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Joe in Illinois. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Oh, hi, hi there. Uh, hey, Joe. You have a great show. Thanks, Joe. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, well, uh, that last caller, he was right on the mark. Uh, I mean, with the war on drugs and this war on terror, these phony wars, uh, we really are becoming a police state society with uh, surveillance, civilian uh, surveillance being recruited by all the agencies. I work at Walgreens, and uh, they, they put out a little memo for everybody to read about watch people who are buying hydrogen peroxide because that could be used to make bombs, and, <laughs> and they're having ATF and... Uh, ATF and FBI people come to the stores and, like, give you briefings on it and Ludicrous. stuff. Ludicrous. And hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, I, I know. It's a, it's a great mouthwash if you yeah. don't want to use all the uh, carcinogenic chemicals in the regular mouthwash. I buy it all the time. And it's, it's, and it's dirt cheap, It too. is dirt cheap, and it is very effective, and it makes those cool bubbles when you put it on things that are dirty. Yeah, hydrogen and, peroxide's cool, man, and it's so oh, basic. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a miracle, uh, miracle chemical, totally totally safe. You can use it to sterilize anything, but but we got to watch watch the people with right that. now. Before you know it, they're going to start making it so you have to collect identification from people. It'll be like the pseudoephedrine. You'll have to ID people and fill out forms and all that nonsense. You have to do the pseudoephedrine thing too, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's just in Illinois or. Oh no, it's nationwide. It's nationwide. Uh, un- unbelievable. Yep. What else it, do you want to share with us tonight, Joe? Well, uh, oh, uh, about that guy who called t- telling people not to vote uh, about an hour ago or yes, an hour or so. Uh, I, I kind of agree with that, but if if there is a liberty-oriented candidate, we definitely should support him and uh, put the word out for him. So, uh, but but when it when you got Republicans like John McCain and yeah. Sarah Palin and Newt Gingrich, uh, I mean those people are. Those people are are Democrats. Well, no, they're just statists. The, the Republicans yeah. and Democrats 
are for the most part essentially two sides of the same statist coin. They're people that believe in controlling the lives of others. They just believe in maybe slightly differing uh, versions of, of that control. And when it comes to supporting liberty-oriented candidates, I do generally support that and, and, and candidates that are liberty-oriented. But I, my, uh, the bar that I've raised is fairly high. I'm not going to just take someone's word for it that so-and-so is a good candidate. We had a guy call in, I think it was our our Saturday show a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling us that there's this website out there that has a bunch of candidates that are claiming to be Ron Paul candidates. And when you actually, if you were to just glance at the website and look at these people's names, you'd say, yeah, Ron Paul candidates. All right, great. I like Ron Paul. Ron Paul, principled guy, good guy, liberty-oriented. These guys must be liberty-oriented, too, until you click on them, and then you start reading what they have to say about the issues. And they're not, not even even in the same ballpark as, yeah, uh, yeah, as a Ron a Paul. Yeah, there's a lot of Glenn Beck-type people who are trying to move in on the, the surge of pro-freedom, genuine pro-freedom uh, uh, you know, the genuine surge of pro-freedom you know, uh, movement I, that's going on in this country and absolutely. trying to I largely back towards the establishment. And, and that's really, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's Alex devious. Jones should be on Fox News. You, you guys should be on well, I, they're never going to offer me a job, yeah, I can tell not you that. anytime soon. <laughs> you know, I largely agree with what you're saying about the pro-freedom candidates, and I certainly wouldn't vote for anybody from a nas- from above a state-level um, office that wasn't sort of pro-freedom. But I have heard somebody uh, here in the local Republican Liberty Caucus here in New Hampshire, the New Hampshire uh, version of it, state that basically you have to vote for all Republicans in order to uh, sort of bolster the pro-liberty ones so that they can get on in what? the good, I'm just telling you what, it, what was said here, into the good uh, you know, the, the, the committees and in the good positions and things like that, that if you only vote for the pro-liberty candidates, then, then well, you know, you won't have, uh, the, the, the Democrats will get in. And what be, a, wait a minute, what about the pro-liberty candidates that are running as Democrats? Uh, yeah, but how many are there? Well, there's one that's been elected. At right, least there one is one. There's a, there are a few, there's and I'm going to be, be interviewing running out, There's going to be another one running here in 2010. I in think the you should be. Area. I think you should be conscious of them. Just but, it's that mentality of you got to right, vote for all Republicans because you got to help the pro-liberty Republicans out. It's that kind of uh, mindless mentality that I think has gotten us right where we are. I think yeah, on the national yeah, level yeah, that's yeah. true, but uh, right where we are hasn't been concentrating pro-liberty people into one place. So I think that he may have. I'm not voting for somebody that is anti-liberty. I don't think period. you have to. I don't think you have to. Oh, I won't. Trust me. Anyway, Joe, anything else? Oh, um, I, I didn't know you guys. I, I just started listening to you a few days ago. I, I learned about you from Alex Jones. Uh, oh, interesting. And um, did he mention us on his show? Just, uh, just uh, no, no. I, I was just checking out the GCN gotcha. other GCN programs. And uh, and he's a great guy, by the way. You should check out his films and books. And I've, stuff, I've seen but, his uh, films. Uh, I enjoy his films. I've never really listened to his radio show. I don't really have time to listen to uh, to radio shows. But well, uh, I, I, I like his well, work uh, when it comes to the police state stuff. I think he does a great job of really covering that stuff very well. I think that where Alex Jones goes off the rails is on the uh, you know the, the the just kind of constantly promoting the the conspiracy theory concepts because I think it's defeatism and I think it encourages the coming after you. Uh, I think <laughs> so much for you. Got another Alex Jones listener. <laughs> oh, um, I think I, I, I think it encourages defeatism and I think that the uh, the conspiracy mentality kind of promotes this concept of. They're out there.
they're they're watching you. They're out to get you. They rule over everything. They're behind the scenes. They're the puppeteers. And it's really very. Uh, it makes it seem like it's it's indefeatable and it's impossible to uh, to win, especially when you're all alone. And I was actually talking about this the other uh, last night with some of the activists here as we went out to the candlelight vigil. Is that the conspiracy theory message is I think dangerous on its own, but. When somebody is all by themselves, where they, wherever they live, because usually liberty-oriented people are, are, they feel alone in most places. So when this conspiracy theories start raining down, it sounds believable. Usually, what the case is, is the conspiracy theorists have some things right and a whole lot wrong. They've, you know, they've gotten a few facts right, but in many cases they're speculating around those facts, and so there's just all this misinformation and nonsense in there. But the uh, the people believe it. Because it's presented, you know, kind of from this position of authority behind a microphone, that kind of thing. They believe it, but when they look at their situation, they see this kind of defeatist, this impossible situation that they can't possibly deal with all on their lonesome. So they have to dig a bunker and, you know, live in their basement. Uh, There's nothing else that they feel like they can do. But once you get around other people, it helps uh, other liberty-minded people like we are here in New Hampshire. It helps check that mentality. You know, you, you can't go too far off the deep end if there are other people around to kind of bring you back in. You see where I'm coming from, Joe? Uh, uh, yes, I do. I, I'll I, let I you respond know. in a moment. Hang on. I know you have something else to say. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The Facebook profile is available for you. You can become a fan just by heading on over to facebook.freetalklive.com. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. Public policy floats your boat? Well, learn more about public policy by interning at a state or federal public policy organization, the Charles G. Uh, is it Coke? Summer Fellowship Program includes an opening uh, in the week-long policy seminar, an eight-week paid summer internship, a closing seminar, and weekly policy lectures. Choose from 70 organizations in Washington, D.C. and state policy network think tanks, think tanks across the country. Program includes a stipend and a housing allowance. You have to uh, for the uh, for the uh, when is it the spring seminar? You have to do by November the fifteenth and by January the thirty first for the summer one. So get in on it at libertarianinternships.com. That's libertarianinternships.com. Let's go back to Joe in Illinois. Joe, you're back on Free Talk Live. You were uh, saying that you found the show on a, a different program, the Alex Jones Show, or you found it by finding his show, and uh, they kind of one led to another. And I was commenting about my thoughts on uh, on Alex Jones and like appraising him for the, the police state coverage that he does, but at the same time saying that I, I don't really care too much for the uh, the conspiracy theory mentality. Your thoughts? Oh well, um, well, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear ev- everything you had said because a cop car was 
driving oh. by with its sirens blaring, uh, probably going to bust some nonviolent marijuana user or something. But uh, yeah, but the, just to recap, but, uh, the, the, I, the, I understand uh, what you said, but I, I would just say uh, you, you got to check out the facts and uh, with regard to like the Bilderberg Group and the CFR. I, I don't and, have uh, to see. Here's the thing: I don't have to check out those facts. Now, look, I've seen the videos, so I know exactly what you're talking about, and I know what the Bilderberg Group is a group of elite uh, people, you know, politicians and muckety mucks and business uh, corporation owners and things like that that get together allegedly to plot to control the world. And, you know, okay, there's nothing I can do about that. Even if I know who all of those people are, it doesn't change my position. It doesn't do anything to achieve liberty in my lifetime. It doesn't help me uh, advance the cause of freedom in any way, shape, or form. It just promotes the mentality of defeatism, which is what the point is that I was making earlier. And that is that this conspiracy theory of just these people that are out there that are lording over everything, they're unstoppable, they run the banks, they run the governments, they run this, they run that. It's very defeatist and it makes it, I think it draws people, some people, not everybody, obviously, I can't, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I think there are some people that... Damn, busy, busy road out there. Uh, anyway, I think there there are some people out there that allow themselves to get into this mentality of just hopelessness as a result of hearing these things. And if I know who the Bilderbergers are, how does that help me achieve liberty in my lifetime? How does that help me uh, bring new people here to New Hampshire, encourage them to get active for freedom, encourage them to non-cooperate with the government? I, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. Let him answer. Joe. Well, well I, I would say that I, I, I could see how you could make that argument, but I think there have been a lot of people, when they see that uh, we're losing our liberty not by, you know, a series of sort of semi-random events and occurrences, but it's it's a direct, it's these people's plan and, and these people, the, the fruit that they've borne has been bad before, and then... Uh, and then to see what they're doing now and how everything is kind of a go- going according to their plan and the various uh, the various so, tactics that they use. And then Joe, they could um, really uh, wake bef- people up to that this is a really uh, serious situation. You're and, right. And they need to get in there and start learning about not, not just – not, Joe, you're right yeah, that not, some people have been brought on on board with the the, the, the conspiracy theory kind of uh, you know philosophy. They have, but I think they've that, called the show. I know it's true, absolutely true. Uh, but but some of them have been scared away as a result. Now I'd like to ask you a series of questions and get some yes nos out of you real quick. Do you believe that 9/11 was an inside job? Yes. Okay. Do you believe that uh, Hurricane Katrina was caused by a giant uh, Wawa machine called Harp up in Alaska um, and visited upon uh, uh, New Orleans as, as a result? No. Okay. Uh, do you believe that? Uh, give me some more. Uh, oh, Kim Trails. Do you think that uh, the government is spraying uh, metallic stuff out of the out of airplanes in order to get us all sick? Called Kim Trails. I wouldn't say necessarily to get us all sick, but they've admitted that they've been experimenting. They've been with, doing uh, some stuff, yeah, programs yeah. like that. Sure. Uh, do you? Uh, there's always the the really great one where the lizard, lizard people men. have taken over the government <laughs> and they are the Illuminati. How about that one? So you will admit that there are people that have been. So you've been, Joe. You'll admit that there are people that have been brought on board to those conspiracy theories, and brought to whatever philosophy it is that they're brought to by those uh, those those conspiracies. But 
to you they sound crazy, and if somebody were to bring try to bring you on board with them, you'd just say, "Oh, this person's nut and nuts," well, and write well, them off. So no, I say no, that that in fact is what you you do think that they're lizard people, and you think that a person that believes in lizard people isn't nuts. Well, I would ask them what evidence they have of this. What proof do they have? Why do they think that? You know, I, I I'd like to to prefer another conspiracy th- theory to you, if, if I could. Okay. That the Bilderbergers want to control your money, and that want they want to control the whole world's money and the whole world's military industrial apparatus, and that they would like to make people that are on their trail look like nuts by. Telling, having them talk about how 9-11 was an inside job and how the uh, Hurricane Katrina was caused by the harp machine and how the, the governments are spraying people with chemtrails. They want to make people who are on their trail look like absolute loons and kooks. How do you so think they're doing? What's that? Disinformation, basically. Yeah, how do you think they're saying? doing? Well, I... I'd... You you have to look at all those things. You have to break it down and and judge. But the yourself. average American but, is busy thinking about Britney Spears' haircut. How do you think the Bilderbergers are doing? <laughs> well, yeah, oh yes, they're doing an. They're winning uh, and, and because they have control of our money the conspiracy the theorists. Love to talk about 9-11's an inside job and Katrina, Oklahoma City, chemtrails, whatever it is that they want to talk about. That is how they win, my friend. It's a big distraction, really. I mean, we've been talking tonight, you've been listening to the show, I presume, we've been talking about the police state. We've been uh, giving examples of corruption all over real the place. Real news stories from the AP that real, nobody's going to argue with. Real facts. We don't have to have some kooky scientist in here uh, to kind of speculate and to make claims. And, uh, you know, there's we don't have to go through the process of proving our claims because they're easily provable. They're, they're accepted as, as fact right up front. And so if you can point out to people how it is that the, uh, you know, these, these things that they've always taken for granted, like the government uh, apparatus, like the Pledge of Allegiance, like all these, you know, the government schools, all of these things are really just designed to keep them complacent and, and keep them, you know, not asking questions and, and uh, obeying the demands of these people that claim to be authorities, then, then you can, I think, much more effectively bring people on board. And I think there's a testament to that. I think the fact that Free Talk Live is on more radio stations than any uh, any other show on the network that we are on. You found us through the Genesis Communications Network. We're their number one uh, show, as as I understand it. At least uh, from number, at least from the number of radio stations. And certainly within the short amount of time we've been on the air. I mean, Alex right. Jones has been doing it since the mid 1990s. We've been doing it since you know 2004. And here we are on 56 stations now with more in the hopper. We're going to be at 60 right quick, and we're talking about big radio stations all around the country. Do you think we would have been able to get there had we been talking about 9-11 every single week? I, I understand your point, and, and I do agree, agree with uh agree with that point certainly it's and, fascinating uh, i want to agree with you joe i want to agree with you it I'm, is I'm fascinating look i want to agree with you though it's absolutely intriguing some of those con- some of the conspiracy theories out there it's that's what they're meant to be they're meant to be very interesting very in-depth very intricate uh something that you can spend hours and hours and hours you you use the term earlier well you have to learn the facts well no i don't have to in order to, most of America's not gonna. Right. In order to spread the ideas of liberty, 
I don't have to know anything about who's attending Bilderberg this year and who they are and who, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate Thank the discussion. You, 800-259-9231. I just have to know what liberty is and be able to compare it to the tyranny that's happening. More coming up. Free time. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. You can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Now then, one of the things that we ask, and we're just asking because we'll never make you do it, uh, but we certainly appreciate this, is when you vote for Free Talk Live. You know, we give you the features on the website free, and this is something that we ask you to do in return for that. Uh, just go to vote.freetalklive.com. If you did it last month, thank you. It was your vote that helped keep us in the, the lead almost all month long. There were a few times that we were passed up. It was up. close. The, the second place show was passing us a few times during the month, and uh, thanks to listeners like you uh, for going out to vote.freetalklive.com. What did we finish, 30 votes up? Last month, something like about that? About that, and that's really that's not a low lot. compared to what we normally do. Yeah, that's not a lot. So, uh, And this month, it's heated up again. So we still need you. Uh, it's a new month, which means at the beginning of the month, they reset the vote totals, and you start from scratch. So we need you again. Vote.freetalklive.com. If we push up it far enough to where they can't catch up, we won't, we won't nag you for the rest of the month. But last month, we had to do it all month long. Yeah. So, it was tight. So please help us out. Vote.freetalklive.com. If you've got an internet connection, if you've got an email address, that's all you need. It, they, they use the email to just simply verify they're a real human being. Go to vote.freetalklive.com. As we go to your calls, to Tony in California. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live. Tony. Hello. Hello. You're on the air. Hello. Oh, thanks. Um, I was going to talk about how, uh, continuing with the last caller about our police state in America and how um there's been a big big spread out of hundreds of cameras all over many metropolis cities in the United States sure has such as sure has in um Birmingham Alabama I read on the internet an article of the times over there and they have over 500 um cameras in the city wow yeah it's unbelievable extreme police they talk about 1984 Absolutely, oh. and it's it's big in places like Chicago and, and New York City. Of course, London is uh, is renowned for having millions of cameras. And, of and course, the interesting thing about the cameras is that their own studies reveal that they don't do jack to actually solve crimes. It, it's yeah. actually streetlights that are more likely to keep people safe than cameras. And, and when I say don't do jack, I'm not exaggerating. I think it was, They don't yeah. significantly raise the uh, yeah. the safety level. They don't. They just create the panic level. So what else is on your mind tonight? Um, that as well, and also in England, there's a program that they're trying to start to lower pedophilia by putting cameras in in homes of newborn babies how, for security reasons. And I hadn't about- heard about that one, but I have heard about them uh, having a program for sort of kids that are having trouble in school that they were going to put um, cameras in their homes. 
Yeah, I think oh, it was I, like at-risk I, families. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. I just haven't heard of it. Yeah, yeah. And about the the whole surveillance and the increased police state, where I live at in Burbank, California, it's about 20 miles north of Los Angeles. Um, there's big, um, there's like a bunch of cameras over here, and on a big intersection off the five, uh, the five freeway, on one intersection, I counted six cameras, like going towards every angle of the street, every yep. corner, and every turn that the cars can make. Oh, and so we are, they, also... are they stoplight cameras or regular pedestrian type cameras? Sur- surveillance cameras, okay. like on top of the. What I've noticed is that they're starting to take down the the street lamps and putting new ones with higher poles on them, and putting cameras very high so people can't see them. Mm. And I've noticed them for like the last month now. Yep. And the other thing about a lot of the traffic cameras is they actually make situations more difficult in traffic. Again, yeah. their, their own studies, the government's own studies are finding this out, that uh, th- that having a red light camera encourages people to uh, to slam on their brakes in a very unsafe manner because they don't want to yep. get a ticket, which causes people to wreck. Uh, they're also, uh, they, well, what was the other one, that, that uh, people were, something about turning right at uh, at the red lights. Well, they were, people were getting tickets for turning rights at, right at red lights. Right, yeah. right. So it's not that yep. they were unsafe. It's just it's all about revenue collection, and it's not about safety because it actually increases the uh, the level of risk that uh, that that people are facing on the roads. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. I understand where you're coming from on that. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Luckily, New Hampshire is rural enough to where there's not a lot of that out here. At least not out this way. Thank goodness. Uh, let's go to tell. Hopefully, we can keep it that way. Let's go to uh, let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Yeah, I just wanted to point out that uh, the conspirators themselves could have their own operatives spreading the truth mixed with nonsense that uh, Building Seven was controlled demolition and that uh, Martians controlled by Satan are taking over the world. And since Martians controlled by Satan are taking over the world is nonsense, then any, every time people hear about Building 7 was controlled demolition, which has a lot more evidence behind it, uh, they would dismiss the speaker because uh, the last time they heard that one, it was from somebody who was coming up with you know, nonsense mixed in with it. Now, having pointed that out, I need to point out also that Saturday evening, in Seattle, Washington, a freedom fighter stepped up to the plate to take direct action. Two cops sitting in a car and in a drive-by shooting, a freedom fighter drove by and took out one of the cops, and they still haven't found out who it was. And even if they do, the cop is still dead. Yeah, so and what Seattle, does that do Washington. for freedom exactly? <laughs> well, that cop is not going to be breaking down doors and barging into the But they'll the just hire another people. one, Tom. But up to a point. But, you know, if every time the cops bust somebody for drugs, uh, one cop winds up dead in retaliation, then eventually the cops will figure out that it's not a very good idea to do stuff like that. And also, if... Yeah, I'd, uh, rather, give, I'd rather give the cops hugs. If every Personally. time, if every time, uh, if everybody who can't find a job 
goes out and, and does stuff like that, then the government pays the price for raising the unemployment rate, which the government controls just as uh, precisely as the government controls, uh, let's say, the, the sales tax rate. The government passes a law and says that the tax rate is going to go up. They control the unemployment rate about as precisely. If they decide to raise the unemployment rate and they pay the price like this, then uh, that serves as a deterrent, just like if you have to pay the price what's, with money for parking in a crosswalk. What's the government's incentive to have people out of work? Uh, the government likes to uh, steal the money, which throws people out of work, and they like to have control, like uh, zoning restrictions that uh, throw people out of work. They like to do the stuff that causes people to be thrown out of work. I agree with that. However, do you think that, that, that that's their intention? I mean, they, it seems like they want to do what they want to do, but they don't actually want you to uh, be out of work. So what that is is, in fact, them sort of over, uh, you know, they're making a mistake in, in what it was that they were doing. But it was their choice to violate people's right to liberty by imposing these blatantly unjust don't laws. You, don't you think, uh, Tom, what's, are you a religious man at all? Are you an atheist? Uh, me, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. Now, what kind of a Christian would advocate killing? I mean, wouldn't Jesus forgive? Uh, well, actually, uh, taking out enemy officers in combat isn't murder. Wouldn't Jesus? Uh, what, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus be arming up? I'm and, not sure uh, that Jesus uh, advocates I combat. I don't know. I haven't asked him. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't if I ever see him, I'll be sure to ask him. Okay? <laughs> Thanks, Tom. We'll all uh, find out on Judgment Day. I don't know about that. Thank you for the call. Uh, yeah, I think I'd rather approach the police that are doing things that are wrong with understanding and compassion, maybe a little bit of a stern approach. I mean, we got pretty stern with the cops today. Uh, in, here in Cheshire County, we were, Sam specifically from ObscuredTruth.com was assaulted by um, men and women wearing brown uniforms and carrying guns, calling themselves the sheriff. And they were just absolutely outrageous in, in their behavior. And so Sam got a little bit loud with them. And that video is going to be up probably in a little while tonight at freekeen.com. You'll be able to see the uh, the raw footage from my BlackBerry cam. And I'm sure Sam's uh, more polished, edited version will come out eventually at freekeen.com and obscuredtruth.com. But uh, it doesn't seem to me that pulling out a firearm and blasting away at the uh, the sheriff's deputies is going to get us to a, a state of liberty because violence has kind of been the history of the world, and all of the violence in the world over all of time hasn't brought us peace. Uh, seems to me that violence begets violence, and I think that if we're going to achieve peace, we have to show the way by being peaceful ourselves. Yeah, I don't think that they're gonna. Um, I don't think they're gonna take an, an effective amount of cop killing. Um, because you could, like, the random cop can be killed here and there, and there's not much that can be done. They'll just, just sort of, you know, they'll they'll react in whatever manner they react. But if if it's done in some sort of systematic fashion that might actually have some kind of effect, oh, believe that the government's going to step up and figure out some way to make that stop. And people are going to want it too because they'll be scared yeah. and they'll look to the government to protect them from all the bad people that are killing cops. So love, peace, understanding, forgiveness. See you tomorrow night. FreeTalkLive.com. The following edition of the Mark Interview Series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and here's Mark. All right, the Edgington Post Interview Series continues. 
And tonight we have uh, Ted Anderson from uh, our syndicator, Midas uh, Resources, G- uh, Genesis Communications Network, with me. Ted, are you there? Yes, I am with you, Mark. Excellent. I've got you. Got you right here. And um, so, Ted, what I wanted, I, you know, I, I think that right now with as many Federal Reserve notes as the uh, as have been being printed, that it's now's a pretty good time to to talk about purchasing gold and silver. And I've been buying more recently. And I just, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that my listeners understand how I feel about it. But I don't really have the. The, the the diction the verbiage to necessarily make it as clear to them as as perhaps I feel it so I thought I'd bring you on uh, again to talk about um, you know why today might be a good time to buy gold and silver and and what your thoughts were well you know we're watching what's going on in Washington D.C. Uh, you know the TARP bailout of a couple of years ago increased the money supply almost two to one the uh, problem with that is is that the supply of goods haven't increased by two times and so you have more dollars chasing after the same amount of goods and obviously what that results the net result of that is inflation now the first part of that money went into the banking system and they used it to buy out other banks and we're seeing the inflation occur right now but it's occurring in like the goldman sachs stock price um, we're not really seeing it at the bottom line level because unemployment is so ridiculously high. And perhaps that reason and alone, knowing that the institutions are hurting right now because they can't employ people, is a, is a evidence of the cracks in the plaster, if you will. Now, uh, I hear different numbers as to how long it takes uh, money to sort of trickle down from when it has been Printed and I, I, you know, so I'd like to get your opinion on it. I know what the answer. The answer really is is it takes a, you know, there's a window of time that it, <laughs> that it must take. But I'm wondering what you think the the window is. Uh, a friend of mine has said nine months. Um, I've heard uh, a person who's you know in the he's a professor of economics say two years. So I don't know how long it takes for money to sort of trickle down after it's been printed, and. It's been a year now since they really started dumping money into the system, right? Yeah, it sure has been. But, you know, when you look at it, it's not going in the pockets of the individuals like you and no, me. No, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, went to Wells Fargo to help buy out Wachovia, went to uh, help bail out these, you know, Goldman Sachs, these big companies. Um, obviously, there's a lot of money that went into General Motors and, and some of the automakers. Um, the uh, The... I would say that your professor friend with the two-year outlook is probably more realistic than the nine-month outlook. The question would be how long does it take for velocity to actually occur where this money enters into the economy, people have it in their pockets to spend, and they actually start driving up prices. But it's really kind of a counter thing right now. We have had what's more looking like deflation than we have inflation, and the the Washington and, and, and Wall Street are trying to team up to try to stop uh, the economy from completely imploding. Uh, I know it sounds complicated. It is complicated. <laughs> well, it, it is complicated. But if you think about it, for the, the, if you understand the way that money comes into existence, and I know you do, uh, money comes through bank loans into the economy. And when people start def- defaulting on their debt, 
that the money supply actually disappears. It, it gets created when it's lent to us, but when somebody defaults on it or pays back the loan, the money disappears from money supply. But and, um, you, 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 we should also point out that most loans, um, the interest is weighted on the front and the principal is weighted on the back, so the money stays in existence longer, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because the interest is being paid up front and and of course, you know, in order for our economy to survive, we have to continue to go further into debt and uh and that's, you know, just to service the compounding effect of interest. Um so it's a little bit complicated. And well, and we should also uh, include the idea that since there's since money is created through a loan and then there's interest on top of that loan, it's naturally built into the system that people will default. I mean, it's the system is created so that people fall off the edges, and that's why the you know the politicians have created a such a relatively easy bankrupt system uh, for for people to participate in. That is very true. As a matter of fact, it is a system that is originally designed to fail which is really kind of odd that that's a system that the United States would choose to have, uh, but it is. But they didn't know. I mean, the, the, people that, the people that said, hey, here's a really great system, it'll, it'll uh, you know, boost your economy, they didn't mention that, Andy, we're going to get rich and suck all of the wealth out of your middle and lower classes here, and they're going to be serfs for us for the end of, till the end of time. Well, you know, you say that they didn't know, but I can tell you right now, if you look back into... Uh, the documents of the Federalists, you'll find out that they're actually, they actually did know, hmm. and Thomas Jefferson quoted that we cannot allow our rulers to saddle the people with debt. Uh, I guess I was talking about 1913, Dad. Well, in 1913, the general populace did not know. They were probably busy trying to keep their farm up and yeah. going. And uh, and the people that were in business weren't aware of what was going on. And I would say, other than the few bankers that were devising the plan to create the Federal Reserve System, and maybe a few elite few that had the privilege to understand monetary a monetary system like this, had an idea or a clue what's going on. There's no question about it. When you have to take on debt and service that debt with interest in order to have commerce, that you're going to put the people on the hook to pay this interest on debt, and that interest will be paid in in different ways. One will be taxation. The second way that it will be paid is through the decrease in the value of the currency. But when you lay it right out, it's just a siphoning of the wealth of the people to the, to, to, uh, the few, to the elite. Yeah. It is. It really is. The whole system is designed to, to take the money that you earn and give it to somebody else. It sure is, and you can see that through the tax system. I mean, we started out with a very, very low tax rate that was only meant to be uh, imposed on the, you know, in the extremely wealthy. It was like a percent and a half, and now that tax rate has grown up into the thirty to forty percent, uh, you know, number. Mm -hmm. And you know, the interest on the debt, the the United States government services interest on debt, and I think it is the either the second, I think right now it's the third most. Uh, it's the third highest budget number when you look at the national budget. It, you know, first is health and human resources. I believe that the next is um, the next is the military, and the third is the interest that we service on the debt. Now that interest must be paid, and that interest is supposed to be paid by the collection of taxes through the people. And so you think, well, why do we always have our taxes going up, and why does it seem like we have to work harder and longer just to keep the same thing? And that's because of the fact that we have the system set up where in order to have commerce, the, the, the more productive we become, which means commerce, 
the more in debt we become, which means we have to service more interest on that debt, which make, makes us have to work harder and longer in order to make, you know, to keep up with that debt, which you can see the cycle. Now we're being yeah. even more productive, which puts us more in debt, which means we have to service more interest, which means we have to work harder to go, to go further into debt. And it just, it's this downward spiral. And you can't hardly expect that the people of this nation is ever going to be able to get off from underneath this problem. I hear politicians all the time, especially the Republicans, uh, Democrats as well. But saying that uh, we're going to balance the budget this year. This is what we're going to do. And the Republicans think bu balancing the budget means spending less money, and the Democrats think that balancing the budget means raising, raising taxes. taxes. Yeah. And the two of them are both wrong. Neither one of them are going to solve this budget crisis that we have because – if we paid back all the money back to this central bank, we would have no money for commerce, and we'd be sitting in the worst depression we've ever seen in this nation. So what does, you know, what does the average person do? The only solution that I've been able to come up with, Ted, and I, and I suspect it's, it's probably the only answer you've been able to come up with, is to try to protect the wealth that you can save. You know, you spend what you spend during the, the week or month, and then you take what you can save and put it into gold and silver, at least a portion of it. Uh, I mean, no one can predict when the balls are going to drop, because a few of them drop all the time, and you know, the, the people that are controlling the Federal Reserve are pretty good at keeping the balls in the air. But at some point or another, this, the game is set up that you just can't keep all the balls in the air. Yeah, you're so, right. You're right about that, and, and they're dropping right now around us. That's why we're seeing the economic malaise that we're in. I mean, we just had the housing crisis here a couple of years ago that that uh, It was a big ball, the, yeah. And now we're looking at the uh, the crises in the in the uh, commercial real estate, and it's just, you know, it's coming at us real fast. You're going to hear more talk of bailout for the banks for that. Not to mention that uh, you know the the federal the federal government gave an adrenaline shot to the, the to the economy by giving away you know a bunch of free cars, not a free cars, but you know discounted cars, and people went out and bought them. But now they don't need cars, so uh, you know it's. I, I think that you're going to see another problem there all that is is it's it's the united states government going further into debt turning over to the open market committee or the open market operation you can call it either one because of the, both of those terms get used and that's the federal reserve system stepping in and buying u.s government securities i'll translate what that means u.s government securities are treasury notes which are short-term uh, debt instruments that come due every 30, 60, 90 days. Yeah. I'm sorry, that'd be treasury bills. Treasury notes come due between 10 and 20 years. It's another debt instrument. And then treasury bonds, which come due in 30 years. The Federal Reserve System steps in and buys these notes, bills, and bonds, gives the U.S. Treasury money so it can go out and finance these purchases of cars and and really just throwing that market out of whack and putting the U.S. taxpayers further on the hook to this institution. And, you know, think about it this way. There's a balance sheet. When somebody goes into debt, it costs them money and they have to service the interest and they end up working just for interest and they don't, they're not able to consume. On the other side of that balance sheet is the lender. And the further in debt this person goes, the better for him. He gets to collect that interest mm -hmm. and gets to, gets to consume more. And that's what's been going on here in the United States. The, the banking elite have been becoming incredibly wealthy, while the nation itself has been going into in debt incredibly. And, you know, it just, it's no wonder to me at all that this now national banking system is considering 
how they could do this in a world scale and go to a world economy and become the world's lender rather than just a nation's lender because now all of a sudden you're able to siphon off the wealth of the entire world. I mean, it's, it's the most ultimate business plan that you could have out there. It's insidious, and I, I can't think of anything else one can do besides buying some gold and silver to hedge against it. Um, it's you know it's been a good it's been a good store store of value for quite some time, and I I kind of like silver these days because it's getting as my understanding is is that it is not as plentiful in the market as gold is, and it's getting used for industrial purposes uh, more you know on, on a larger scale than gold is. So it seems to me that there's a, a lower supply and the demand could shoot up for it. Well, it sure could. I mean, silver hit its peak at fifty dollars an ounce in nineteen eighty. Right now, it is trading at sixteen dollars and roughly fifty cents an ounce. Are those uh, numbers uh, transposed? Because I don't know anything about historical silver. So, are those numbers for inflation? Uh, you know, uh, adjusted well, for inflation or those? Well, nineteen eighty. Obviously, there's been a lot of inflation since nineteen eighty, or a lot of purchasing power in the dollar. Um, if silver hits its last peak, it would have to quadruple from where it is right now. And, uh, and, you know, obviously that can be done because gold has already surpassed its last high. Gold adjusted for inflation should be worth about $2,600, according to Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. Silver, if you adjust it the same way, uh, silver would, well, it's $2,600 from $800. You're going to have to multiply it would be about $150 to $200 an ounce silver. So a really a, a very great buy. I really think that either gold or silver is a good idea. For those of you that have a tremendous amount of money, you might want to consider gold just because yeah. the, it gets to be cumbersome. To it's cumbersome. That silver. That's yeah. Right. If you have a good deal of money to move, uh, you know, that you, know, you need to invest in gold and silver, you just need to get gold because you can put uh, $200 in a quarter, you know, 200 200 to $250 in a quarter ounce piece that you could have in your pocket sewed into your jacket or whatever. And you, it's a great deal of money in a small area. But as far as trading things, if you want to, you know, if you're expecting something, the, the worst to happen, it's nice to have some silver to be able to do some buying and selling with. And, I, you know, I, I personally am buying up silver. I just don't have the money for gold right now. But uh, for the people that, you know, that do, you just can't, you can't ship that quantity of silver. Pretty soon you're going to need a UPS truck just for that. Right, exactly. Well, that's true. I mean, if you figure it out, about 1,000 ounces of silver costs about $100 to ship. You know, so it is pretty heavy. And 1,000 ounces of silver is going to weigh just under 70 pounds. So if you had a thousand ounces of silver, which right now at this particular time would be about sixteen thousand dollars, and let's just say you're the type of investor that would think, hey, I should have at least fifty thousand dollars tied into this, well, you can see how heavy that's going to get. Where would you, how big of a space would that take up? Um, well, I'm thinking, you know, if you know how when you go down to a shoe store and you buy a pair of shoes, yeah, and it comes in that shoe box, yes, you'd be able to fit a thousand ounce bar just inside of that shoe box. Okay. So, that's a thousand ounce bar. So that's of really, really as little use as uh, that's that's less use than gold. You need to have it in in ounce pieces or less in order to be able to trade and, and that kind of thing. You know, when you're when you're when when every when everything's bad and you want to buy your neighbor's cat to eat, you need to be able to have be exchanged that uh, that silver piece. You know, right? Exactly. I and mean, if you think about it this way, everybody talks about bags of junk silver. Yeah, that would be one thousand dollars face value. Yeah, about the size of a bowling ball and weighing about fifty six. 57 pounds okay so that that gives you an idea that particular bag of junk silver right now is trading in the marketplace for between eleven thousand and twelve thousand dollars so it gives you a rough idea of where that's at mark i really think it's a good idea 
you know, picking up the silver, it's a real good way to get involved in the precious metals market. Always take physical delivery. You should own it. You should have it in your hands. It shouldn't be stored somewhere. It always makes me nervous when I hear that happening. I know that, uh, you know, that uh, the uh, the Liberty Mint people would always talk about getting these certificates and how nice, you know, you, you can trade these certificates. And then there's this organization, that, you know, where everybody trades amongst each other. And, um, you know, and then what does the government do? They come and they confiscate the entire supply of the silver and everybody holding on to those silver certificates. Still rude. Yeah, they're they're done. They, they have yeah. nothing. So, and, you know, I don't know how the court case is going to come out, but it's <laughs> I don't like to be on, uh, you know, the, the the receiving end of a government court case. They're going to do what they want. The Judges are in their pockets, and I, you know, I hope the very best for the Liberty Dollar people. I really do. I've got some of those uh, those receipts, but I, I don't have the expectation that I'm ever going to get any money from the federal government for those receipts. Well, not only the federal government. I mean, Bernard von Nothaus may have had every ounce of silver that it took to back up one of those certificates, but e- even if he did. The attorneys that are fighting it, you know, by the time you're done with the legal battle alone, you'll be lucky to, you know, to be able to recover half of what's there. Usually, uh, after a legal battle like that is done, you're looking at somewhere between 10 to 25 cents on the dollar. Jeez. And it just, you know, it. if you were working with these people and you actually had the Liberty Dollar, which was made out of silver. Now, granted, I think they were selling them for about two to three times melt. I can't remember what the number was, but it was pretty high. But you would still have something that you could use as money sitting in your hands. And it wouldn't matter what the government did. If right. they confiscated, you'd still have the money. And, and the same holds true for for the silver and gold that I'm talking about. The only exception that I have, and I really... You know, I kind of shy away from it, but I can tell you, we do handle IRAs. And if people decide that they want to keep their IRA in gold and silver, it's still going to have to be held at a custodian. We use Wilmington Trust out in Delaware. But what we do is we make sure that the agreement is set up between Wilmington Trust and the customer. And it's not an agreement that it's Midas Resources first, and then the customer comes behind us. It's not. It's directly ownership. It's direct ownership between the person in Wilmington Trust. And that way, even if you wanted to just take physical delivery of it, you could. And we wouldn't have nothing to say about it. We just want to make sure that you have that gold and silver sitting in your hands and you have access to it anytime you need it. I prefer to have it in my hands too, but uh, IRAs, you know, the, they're, they're a tax break. And if you, you know, I think you're the first $3,000 or something like that um, that you'd have to pay as one for one. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been a while since I had to actually deal with our taxes. My wife generally does it, but I've found that I can um, avoid paying some taxes by putting money into an IRA. And, you know, I, I find the gold and silver to be preferable at, at that point. And, um, but, you know, as far as buying gold and, and silver, we've, you've helped me set up something for our listeners, and we have it at, at gold.freetalklive.com. And it's several coins that I picked out. They were the Walking Liberty, the, um, the Lakota Nation silver round that they have, the, um, the Frank and the Sovereign, and also a book on, called Dishonest Money that uh, kind of teaches people about the Federal Reserve System. And then you put a, you put a walking liberty in there just sort of as a bonus um, to them. So uh, tell me about these particular pieces just briefly, and um, if you would, uh, let me know the, the rates so that people will know. Sure, of course I will. The Lakota Nation coin is at $22.30. 
Um, one of the um, trading dollars, if you will, it's a beautiful piece. It I is really, really a beautiful piece. I sell it just as a one-ounce round, but, you know, I guess there's an association where you can trade it for goods and services. It's it's like a coupon system. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, it's it's not something I really promote. I just think it's a good idea to have gold and silver in your hand. So this particular coin is just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And that's really, uh, you know, if nothing else, the, the open currency exchange is, is a great organization. That's fine. But if nothing else, it is one of the most beautiful pieces that I have seen. Yep. And then we have the Walking Liberty Half Coin, which is at 869. That's a good looking coin as well. It was the coin that was used here in the United States during World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, precursor to the uh, Silver U.S. Eagle, for those of you who have seen that, it has Lady, Lady Liberty uh, wearing an American flag flowing robe. And she's holding, I can't remember, it's a twig, I think it is, and she's walking into the sunrise. And there's a story behind it. I have it on your website. You can go read on that. I think the British Sovereign is good, too. I, you know, it's a smaller piece of gold, approximately one quarter of an ounce. And the franc coin as well. Uh, the Sovereigns are right now currently trading at 291. Francs are at 236. It gives you a way to get into gold and silver in a small way. We were doing the layaway plan, which was... It had to be done where you call up and you talk to our broker, but actually we've, uh, we're working. We should be very close to being able to do that with your credit card on a button. So we'll, we'll have that on your site as soon as we possibly can do that as wow. well. I didn't know that. That's something new. I didn't know that. Well, PayPal is, PayPal has been the, the, uh, hold up for us on that. So we're, we're working with, uh, um, another company to, uh, make that happen for you. Very good. I'm I'm very pleased to to have the the layaway that we can do on on the website too. But people can um, do the layaway, and I th- I think that that's the the very to me. I know that there was there's been times in my life that I've lived paycheck to paycheck. Um, right now, I'm trying personally trying to pay down some debt and to uh, put a little money in gold and silver so that I have some stuff saved. So I have more savings than probably I've had in a long time, if you don't count equity and homes. And I I think that one of the best ways to do it is to put just set aside a certain amount per week, and the way that your shipping set up, it's kind of best to get 20 coins. I think it's 20 or 21 coins at once. That way, the shipping's the lowest. And um, so, just lay away. D- decide on a kind of coin you want, whether it's the Lakota Nation Silver Round or the Walking Liberty Half or the British Sovereign or the the 20 franc. Is all you have to do is you know pick 20 coins and then put aside a certain amount every week or every other week, depending on when you get paid, towards it. And then we'll ship them out to you right when they, when you hit 20, uh, 20 coins, and then you'll have them in your hand, and then you can start on another one. And it's a really great sort of weekly savings plan, and I thought that that was the very best. And here's the number real quick. I know you probably don't have it, Ted, because this one's special for us. It's 877-857-9938 for the layaway. And then um, you say that pretty soon we'll be able to do it on the Internet too, right? Yeah, they'll be able to do it right from a button on the internet as well. Excellent. You know that if you're if you want to test us, pick up that uh, book that we have up there, I mean, the Dishonest Money book, uh, a really great read. I mean, it, the Creature from Jekyll Island book is it, it summarizes that, and it's like taking a 600 page book and turning it into about 187 pages. It's Cliff's Notes, and it's very it's a very easy read. I'm I, I consider it to be the, one of the most important books I've read in my life. Plus, also, I, I don't send registered and insured, and I take the walking liberty, and I just put it inside the cover, and we ship it. We just take the risk on it. It's yeah. 15 bucks risk for us. I mean, it, whatever. I can't remember what the real retail price is. It's very close to that. And you're going to get some silver in your hand right away, at least. 
you can take and set that aside, keep it, read the book because you need to understand the economic system for which we reside in. And once you understand it, you'll be able to make some good choices for yourself as far as what you need to do in order to prosper in the future. Yep. And then you'll see what real money looks and feels like um, as opposed to this uh, this tin garbage that they're uh, calling coins these days. It's uh, it's it's really sad. And, you know, you feel you, when you have it in your hand, it feels just different. It feels good to have silver or gold in your hand and you know that you've got real value there. And I, uh, Well, you're sure. And, and that's a great way to put it. You know, if you think about it, I mean, right now we have about 94 cents lost on the dollar and about and about six cents left. And if you lined up 100 pennies and just removed everything but six of those pennies and said, okay, now this is what happened to your dollar up to this point. You don't get that other piece. And now if you consider the fact that the pennies cannot, can no longer even be made of copper, that they went to copper-plated nickel, yeah. and then the nickel became too valuable, now it's copper-plated steel. You know, it's what's funny is is that uh, with when you consider the cost to manufacture and the and the cost of the the metal that's in the penny, the penny's worth four dollars. Excuse me, four cents. Um, but it's only you know, in, in if you look at what it costs to make the darn thing, it's ludicrous. I mean, you know that they've got a screwed up financial system if they're willing to pay money in order to keep the penny around. And the penny is really just a tax vehicle for local and municipal excuse me, municipal and state um, organizations to be able to institute sales tax. If it, I mean, that's the only reason the U.S. one-cent piece continues to exist. It's a tax vehicle. You know, and, and that's the sad part about it. So what do you think? I mean, the trend at this point, since 1916, the United States dollars lost 96% of its purchasing power. It's going to go up? Yeah, it's all coming back. That's right. Just put dollars away and we'll go right back to where we once were and you're going to be a rich man. I don't think so. I think well, the trend is your friend on this one. You might be able to put a whole roll of uh, bills away for a hundred years and then somebody can come back and say, oh, yeah, I'll pay you something for those worthless antiques. Like yeah, the right, old, yeah. Like the old, uh, what, what they call the Confederate dollars. I can't remember what the, the term term was. The Continentals and uh, the Continentals is a different thing. Yeah, but, they yeah. used to use, they used to call it a Continental and that was a, that was a derogatory term. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let me give that number for the layaway again, and uh, I've got to let you go, Ted. we got to do the show. 877-857-9938 for the layaway, and it's gold.freetalklive.com. That's 877-857-9938. Thank you, Ted. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me up, Mark. No problem. Attention, all active-duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.